analyzing now. Stand clear. Check for pulse. No shock advised. Analyzing now. Stand clear. Feels like forever I've been waiting. Waiting just to get you back. Welcome back to the No Clue Podcast, episode 81. We are back. We are indeed. Uh, about a week-long absence, we have returned. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Mike. And I'm Tyler. Welcome. Missed a lot of sports stuff. <laughs> yeah, let's get right into it. It's especially the uh, the fight since, you know, that's pretty much old news. We could just give our opinions on it, though. Yeah. What do you think? So, uh, Miles Garrett attempted to murder someone. <laughs> For those who are living under a rock. Uh-huh. Uh, no, I mean, honestly, I mean, I talked to you about it already, but I, I'm still in utter disbelief that Mason Rudolph is, like, not being punished at all. <laughs> right. That uh, is I mean, the big story to me. It's yeah. almost, it should be the big story, but it's not. Yeah. I mean. I, I think the the overwhelming focus is on Garrett ruining his career, which he did. Yeah. Honestly, I, I would assume part. once once he was out of the field, I would say within 20, 30 minutes of the event, I'm sure he understood what he did. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, I, honestly, I wouldn't. Have, I was expecting him to be banned from the NFL. You were? I really like. I know that's excessive. Uh, but that's but what I, you were expecting. I really was expecting that because it. it and I told you this, like, dude, if it could have easily been a different outcome. Yeah. If Ru- I mean, if, it definitely could have busted his head open. If the helmet was slightly t- turned differently, Garrett, or Rudolph could have been laying there, and it's an entirely different conversation. Now, do you put any, um, any credence to maybe Miles My- Garrett didn't want to kill him? Like, because I think, honestly, I think if he really wanted to... If he really wanted to attack him with the helmet and really put him out, he could have. Even from the yeah. angle he was at. I mean, I, I, I could give him credit for not wanting to kill him, but he that's beyond losing your composure. Yeah, it is. Like, like Patrick Beverly loses his composure every every night, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> somebody's life isn't in danger. Right. Uh, and to me, like Rudolph and... Um, Garrett should have been punished, and I honestly wouldn't have punished anybody else. I agree. I, I know the guy who the the Browns guy who was a total bitch who shoved uh, Rudolph like after everything had happened. Yeah, I'm I'm happy that he got suspended and fined because he looked like a wuss out there. Uh, but uh, to me though, they were the two like big culprits. Yeah, I agree. And beyond, and that, beyond dude, that, I can't be mad at any of those other players for, you know, defending their guys. And that dude, when you see something like that happen from a distance, I mean, you know, as a teammate, you do want to kind of go in there and get a shot in, even if even if it is a cheap shot, which I understand. Obviously, we acknowledge it was wrong, but I understand 
where he was coming from. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm with you though. I wouldn't have suspended anybody but the two, really. Just like Ben Simmons didn't get suspended for putting um, right. Towns in a headlock because he was right. stopping the violence. Yeah. The other guys, I mean, they were trying to stop the violence. And Rudolph didn't want to stop the violence. And I think, I honestly, you know, I can't read any minds, but I honestly do believe up until Rudolph came back at Garrett, I think Garrett was done with the with the altercation at that point. But you, you gotta you gotta keep in mind the situation that's playing out. Yeah. So like I've seen people talk about it, but it's just ridiculous to me that it's a two possession game with 15 seconds left. Why are you running a pass play? Right. On top. Okay. Why are you running a pass play? That's question one. Question two, Miles Garrett, you have been whooping Mason Rudolph's ass all night long. For, for those who watched the game, Mason Rudolph was getting bullied for six, 59 and a half minutes. Yeah. Um, and in that perspective, I'm, I can't be mad at Rudolph for losing his mind because his, his thought process is, dude, you've been whooping my ass all night. I got rid of the ball. It took you bricks to get to me, and you're still throwing me down. You're trying to land with your whole body on me. Oh, for sure, yeah. He, I'm, I mean, it was clear that he felt he was being picked on, and yeah. this was him trying to, you know. Say honestly, he, honestly, the 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 hundred percent truth is, if this was a regular fight of them just kind of swinging fists at each other, yeah, I I really wouldn't have had a problem with anybody. I agree. But both of them completely lost their minds to think, uh, I want to take this guy's helmet off and use it against him. Right. And both and of them at some point had that thought process. Exactly. Thank you for acknowledging that. Because that's something no one else acknowledges for exactly. some reason. Rudolph, Rudolph just got bad luck that he didn't get the helmet off. Rudolph just picked on the wrong guy. <laughs> really, that's I what mean, it, I mean, he didn't pick on him, but he picked the wrong dude to try to start that fight with. You know what I mean? And I expect better of a quarterback. They're supposed to keep their composure. They're supposed to know that it's not... I mean, I can't remember the last time I've seen a quarterback in any fight. You just... Even if you're not the best player, you have to understand how important you are. Rudolph really looked like a punk to me, the whole situation, honestly. Yeah. It made him look more like a punk because he looked like the dude... Like you said, who was getting picked on all night, and he played like garbage. So like this is like nah, man, I ain't going out like this. <laughs> I'm not going out that embarrassed. So I need to do something, which happens all the time. You've played pickup games with guys get frustrated. They're shooting Absolutely. like garbage, and they think, oh, I need to start <laughs> hacking guys. Dude, I've never, I've never like, I've never been so mad that I wanted to like take somebody's knees out. Like and that's not even honestly that's still not the same thing but yeah but I, I you mean, you're good that's the other problem it's the guys who aren't good that that do that no one else not the good players it's crazy man it's just to me like I understand like you said getting frustrated it happens in everything yeah I mean I drive dude I I can't drive for more than fifteen minutes without flipping somebody <laughs> off right yeah you know so I, I I get that but when you just completely lose your mind and like. A person's like safety and survival isn't important to you. Mm -hmm. Whether whether it's you just losing your mind in the heat of battle is unacceptable. 
Yeah. It's unacceptable. And to me, I wouldn't have not have had a problem with the NFL. If the NFL was like, yo, we, this type of shit, never again. Right. Don't even, yo, if you have your helmet in your hands, if you don't throw it, in, like, away, you're gone. Yeah. And the thing is, if Rudolph just, once his helmet got off, if he had just turned around and walked to the bench, it would have all been over. Yep. No suspensions, no nothing. Well, it might have been a suspension, but it wouldn't have been that serious. So, you know, to me, Rudolph not getting suspended is kind of criminal because... It's not kind of. It's criminal. <laughs> it's criminal because he chose not to be the bigger man at that point. You know? Yep. And he ultimately... Well, he made the first bad choice. And then, obviously, Garrett made the next bad choice. But the first bad choice, like, nothing happened. So, You know, what just sucks about it is, like, I don't think either of those guys are, you know, like, dirty players. Mm-mm. Like, I, I, never, I never watched Miles Garrett, and I know he hurt the uh, Jets' backup quarterback. Yeah. And that was, like, an awkward play. Mm-hmm. But I never watched Miles Garrett thinking like, damn, he's Vontez perfect, uh, you know, at the line of scrimmage. No, yeah, he's just aggressive. Right. I mean, just he a, just does his job. Right. Yeah. And now I, these guys both, like, you just you ruin your career. I mean, Rudolph is lucky, but I don't think Rudolph will recover from this. And the, the worst part is, like you said, if, <laughs> if Miles just threw his helmet and knocked Rudolph out, like, straight up. We wouldn't be talking about this. And Miles probably would be in just as much trouble, but we wouldn't be talking about it, you know, uh, in the length that people are talking about it now because right. it was a life-threatening thing. But Miles Garrett probably could have ended his life for real <laughs> if he really wanted to. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, yeah, man, it was just a wild situation. I hope it doesn't happen again. Um, it's just such a shitty thing to happen. Like, like I, I was watching the game at Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah. When this happened, and it it was just like awkward. Like everybody was like, "Yo, what?" Like it's not, you know what I mean? Like you don't get excited for things like that. You don't. Like that's not something anybody wants to see. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's a bad look, man. It is. Yeah. So, uh, I'm curious to see if Garrett can overcome this in a year or two. And I, I hope he gets a chance. But it's tough, man. It's tough for me to see that happening. Yeah, it is tough. I'd be surprised if he comes back to the Browns. But um, Yeah, I mean, I mean we'll they, they're happens. supporting him. Yeah. They they have to now. Which, right by now. the way, by the way, the Browns deserve some blame for this. Why? Being an undisciplined team all year long leads to things like this. Oh yeah, for sure. Now, not having leadership, exactly. not having you know good manners, locker exactly. room manners, on field manners. Yeah, you're right. Jarvis Landry catches a touchdown. He like has to get in the defender's face and get a penalty. Like, there's no discipline. Right. So guys, guys who are hot tempered and can lose their minds, they're gonna sit there and be like, "I'm, I'm allowed to do that." And the craziest, craziest thing is, you see these players, these quarterbacks, these, you know, defensive leaders, the Clay Matthews and the J.J. Watts and stuff. They don't let 
that kind of stuff happen around them. Not at all. They hold these guys accountable. And it's weird when you see it being done and you see people blatantly not doing it. So it's like, come on, man. It's possible. It's possible you just need one leader. It doesn't have to be the coach. It doesn't have to be the owner. It just has to be this strong voice that, you know, people respect. I don't think anybody on the Browns respects each other, any of them. Nope. Except for um, Landry and Odell because they're friends. The rest of them, I don't think any of them respect each other. Yeah, That's I mean, not what I've seen. It's just like it's just like a cultural problem there. It is, yeah. And, and they're not the only team, but they're no, the, not at all. Mo- probably one of the most you know talented teams and the most disappointing teams to some people who are surprised. They also but, the Browns also with this situation threw away their season. Oh yeah. Not, not that their season was like I didn't believe they were gonna save it. This was the nail in the coffin. But they had an opportunity. Yeah. But now without your star pass rusher. Yeah. Yeah, yes it's, it's over. And just the controversy all overall is gonna really mess them up, I think. Yeah. I mean they they've had smaller controversy getting their heads all season. You know? Yeah, but, um, RIP Browns. Yeah, sorry, Browns fans. It's over. Moving on. What what was the other NFL topic Speaking we got? Speaking of RIP, uh, RIP Colin Kaepernick's NFL career. <laughs> oh. oh yeah, I heard us. I heard some things today, but I hope I'm wrong. I I, I would love to be wrong. Yeah. Um. Listen, Cap. There's so many people who really do want Kaepernick in the league. And I don't think there's anyone who can honestly, you know, in the right mind say that Kaepernick is not an NFL caliber player. No one is going to say that. But, um, you know, I respect what he did, how he did it. Um, For those who don't know, uh, you know, he was asked to sign something. To, for the workout the NFL was putting together with their cameramen, their facility, and all that stuff. And he didn't sign it. He moved it to a high school randomly about an hour away, tw- two hours before the workout was supposed to start, I think, right? Was it two or three? Uh, I think it was three. Three hours before it was supposed to start. Um, and he did his own thing, you know, had his got his own guys, which was cool. Uh, but then you know, the statement after. For the those who haven't, is really the only thing I have a problem with. Right, the statement after where he's he's goes on to say, NFL's been running, they're scared. You know, I did what I had to do. Now they can't deny me. You know, you guys see it. Uh, just that, that kind of stuff. The same stuff he's been saying, but not with this opportunity. Which, don't get me wrong, I if he if that's how he feels, I respect it. Don't don't back down now because you know because you're offered the job. If that's who you really are, keep being who you are. I'm cool with that. But you can't contradict yourself by saying you know I really want to be in the league, and then obviously do something that is going to keep you out of the league right in the next breath, basically. Right. Um. The thing is, he shouldn't have to 
you know, back down. What's the word I'm really looking for? Um, acquiesce to whatever they want him to not say to be in the league. Um, because that's been his fight this whole time, I guess, basically. So on the flip side, if he had just done whatever they asked him to do, then yeah, he probably would be doing the opposite. But I don't know, man. It's it's kind of tough because this whole three years has been about him not keeping his mouth shut. But then not keeping his mouth shut is what also, you know, is going to get him right back where he started three weeks ago, you know, before this workout yeah. was planned. It just... I thought I thought the speech was very like very ignorant, very yeah. kind of selfish, entitled. Yes, and I, I agree with what you're saying in terms of like if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. Mm-hmm. But the way he expressed it, like he should know better. If he really, if if like you said, if he really loves football, if he's really serious about getting a job, and get back into the league that he belongs in he should know better yeah he should know especially having dealt with the owners as much as he has i -hmm. mean he won a settlement from them yeah so they literally acknowledged like you were right to an extent yeah and so he should understand better and that's all i hear is like how he doesn't trust and you know he doesn't respect the nfl or whatever but why would you make those statements? Yeah. It, Who it does was, that help? It was unnecessary. That's you know, really what, what you know it what came down to. his speech did? His speech to me, and this is where he loses me. When 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 it's about the, the social issues, like, I, I completely understand that. If you yeah. feel strongly about something, it shouldn't matter that you're an athlete. You should be allowed to express your concerns with that. Right. And when you're complaining or when you're talking about the issues, you're raising awareness. I got no problem with that. Yeah. But this this speech made it about not about the social issues. It's about look at me standing up for things. Mm-hmm. I and get that's what you're you saying. You lose me. Like you're losing yeah. at that point. You're making it about yourself, and that's selfish. Yeah. It's he... no longer about the social issues. Yeah, he made it. He really was just talking about himself being blackballed more than he was talking about exactly. why he was being blackballed. Exactly. I got you, yeah. And and I understand, like I get that, that it's frustrating for him. I completely get it. But like you're you've been a pro athlete, dude. You know what that looks like. Yeah. You you should understand what business you're in, who you're working for. Right. And to make those statements, it just, it was like a spit in the face. It was like a spit in the face of every critic who's ever, like, complained that it's it's not about the stuff he's standing for. It's just about him trying to, like, make it about himself, trying to, you know, in, improve his brand. Yeah. That's what it looked, that's what the speech looked like to me. Right, I got you, yeah. If you're not going to answer questions to the media, don't give a speech at all. Right. If you're really about football, come out there, go through your workout, and leave. Why do you need to? Why do you need to talk to the media? Right. If you're not going to answer questions anyway. Because 
out of the eight that was there, now only two of them are still interested at all. So, I mean, it's that whole like Saturday night finding out like slowly about everything that kind of went on prior and and afterwards. Mm-hmm. It was just frustrating to see, man. Yeah, it was a lot of it was a lot of strange things going on that day. Well, kind of shady things on both sides, in my opinion. I agree with that. I mean, Mostly the NFL, of course. Again, though. I completely understand him not trusting the NFL. Like, yeah, that is more than deserved. Yeah, because you you know good and well. I mean, we can all imagine how the NFL would have edited the video. Right. If he didn't play well, right. you know, if he didn't throw well, it would have been... <laughs> little, little like 10 second loops of him missing throws would be running on ESPN all day. Yeah, exactly. The montage of him, right. you know, throwing it long, hitting yeah. guys in the legs and all that. <laughs> right. And he threw like two bad passes and <laughs> it would have just been all different angles of those two passes. <laughs> A montage of them. So... I understand it, but anyway, moving on from Cap. Uh, I hope he does get a shot, but I'm not. I'm I'm not optimistic. I'll say that. Right. Um. Okay. So this Sunday's action. Uh. We were uh, talking about Thursday's action. I mean, I was shocked at how bad the Texans looked. Yeah, man. The uh, Ravens just, are just bullies. Uh, Bill O'Brien should should be getting to a point where his job should be in, under concern. They, <laughs> Why do you say that? Because they're so inconsistent. It, it's like they don't live up to the expectations because of how inconsistent they are. Yeah, but I mean, I agree with you. But, like, I, this isn't the right game to say it. You know what I mean? That's fair. I I agree, though, because they are really inconsistent, and the, their scoring goes up and down and up and down. Like, one minute they'll have a fire scoring game. Next minute they, you know, 10 points, something like that. Um, so I, I do think their inconsistency is insane. But the Ravens, mm. I don't know they're what they could have done better. They're a machine. Yeah, they are. It's not Talks like at this point, if you're not ready to tackle Sunday night, like if you're not ready to make open field tackles, something that a, a football player should be skilled in doing, mm-hmm. you're not beating. No matter what your game plan is, you're not beating the Ravens. Yeah. If no. you're letting if you're letting Lamar Jackson turn a three yard loss into a thirty yard gain. And he breaks like six tackles. Yeah, you're not you're not beating the Ravens. Forget no, you're it. not. You're not. Forget it. It was frustrating to watch. Why Why was Watson getting his ass whooped all night? The game was over by like, I would say worse at worst mid third quarter. Yeah. And, and Watson is still holding the ball, trying to make plays. Yeah. Like at that point, the coaching staff's got to reel him in. Like, look, we're not. We're not going for a 30-point comeback. I'm not having you, you know, get hurt over a 30-point comeback. Right, or mess the stats up. That's another thing I think people, you know, often uh, forget about. You're leaving him in there just for his stats to be garbage? 
I'm like, man, take me out the game. My QBR is going down while I'm, you know, yeah, every just, second I'm out here. By mid-third quarter, he should have been benched. Yeah. I, I don't understand why he didn't. Uh, but that's that's where my questions with the Texans lie. Right. The roster's been good for how many years now? Like four. They've been a, play, a playoff team to borderline playoff team for like four or five years. Yeah. And they haven't like sniffed success. No. So something's got to change. I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. By, by the way, you. Lamar Jackson is favorite for MVP at this point, no doubt. Yeah. He's Russell one of the Will- most I, I got to see how Russell Wilson closes the year. Yeah. But as of this moment, yeah. It's it's Lamar Jackson obviously. He's the most spectacular player in football right now. And it's just, it just... People just don't know how to stop him. No one knows how to stop him. And you watch and you think, oh, maybe if you just... Oh, wait. He can do that too. You know, you know? I'll give him and two guys that I'm seeing almost every week improve and get better at throwing the ball is uh, Lamar and Dak Prescott. Yeah. Two guys to me, like, there was questions about both of them coming in. Yeah. And they have just, like, gotten better and better and better. Yeah. And uh, shout out to Harbaugh, man. I mean, Working. to have, like, this new offense created just for Lamar that and is being successful in his second year, or really its first year at the offense is all about Lamar. I mean, it's, it's amazing. He just came up with it over the summer and was like, you know, this is what we're going to do. We got three tight ends out there. I wish, uh, dude, the Ravens could have done this like a decade ago and been a dynasty. Yeah. We wouldn't even, dude, if the Ravens had done this and like really found their quarterback 10, 15 years ago, we wouldn't even like, we would not care about Tom Brady as much as we do. Yeah, but who would it have he wouldn't been? have won as many. You know, in that scenario, he doesn't win as many Super Bowls. Oh yeah, right. But uh, honestly, it just uh, the Ravens. The Ravens are a perfect example of a well-run organization. Yeah, like this and, is the kinds of things when, when you have even when you have questions about the Ravens, you are more inclined to give them the benefit of the doubt because you trust how it's being handled. Yeah, like you said, Jim Harbaugh is doing a great job. They're they've done a great job over the years of of getting good players. He's a great coach, man. He doesn't get enough credit, in Absolutely. my opinion. Absolutely. Um, and this is a really fun time in um quarterbacks because it's a transition period to me. Yeah, where all the greats from five years ago are slowly, you know, it's over. <laughs> it's it's gone. Eli is done. Breeze is he's playing well, but he's he's almost done. Brady's, Rivers is, Brady's looking more washed every week. Brady's almost done. Rivers is done. Rodgers isn't looking that great either. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm hesitant on Rodgers. Rodgers, no, Rodgers is great, but I, I can see it's slowing down. It's slowing down a little bit. Um, Matt Ryan's almost done. <laughs> Almost. He's playing okay, but his time is almost up. Falcons waited for their season to end to start playing good football. 
Flacco's done. Uh, someone, someone else is done. Another old timer. But either way, this is like this new. This happened once before, when um, well, probably when Rodgers first came in the league, when Brett Favre was on his way right, out. Right. McNabb was on his way out. Um, somebody else big was on his way Peyton out. Peyton got hurt around that time too. Yeah, Peyton was. You remember when he had the neck thing? Everybody thought he was done. Yeah, Peyton was was done. Carson Palmer was on his way out. Uh, Warner. Warner, yeah, was on his way out. So that was another period, and this is the new one, and I like it, man. It's fun to watch. And next year is going to be, I think, within the next three years is going to be all new quarterbacks in the league. Pretty much, I mean, not new, but you know. I think it's going to be all quarterbacks who've been. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm ready for the Giants to go out there and get a quarterback next year. Please. Daniel Daniel Dimes ain't it? No. 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 There's no reason to talk about the Giants. Uh, I'll say uh, I'm tired, dude. I hate living in the Redskins area. Are you Jets and Redskins? That should not be on anybody's TV. That was on TV for you? Yes. That's crazy. Inexcusable, bro. NFL, please help me out. I'm a, I'm a, I am a casual consumer of your product. Do me a solid by not putting trash-ass games on my TV. Right. Well, um, you want to get right into Rivers? Because we do have a lot of NBA stuff to go. Yeah, and, let's, and Brady. let's close it out with Rivers. Rivers or Brady, you pick. Uh, I would say I watched the Philly game, uh, and I'll say take it easy on, you know, giving up on the Patriots. Right. <laughs> uh, because I do think they're doing exactly what they've been doing for the last four years is figure it out. Yeah. They, <laughs> they, they kind of play low and then turn it up, you know. They figure out the however you need them to win, they figure out a way to win. Yeah, never bet against Brady, uh, ever. And this season's really showing me how uh, underrated Belichick is. Uh-huh. Because I think if you really break down the Patriots dynasty, I think Belichick deserves a lot more credit than he gets. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of, like, how he puts together the team and how they play. And, yeah. Like, you can't tell me it's Tom Brady when they run, when they had the best rushing attack in football in the playoffs last year yeah and with a young running back you can't tell me that with their offense has been atrocious all year long they're nine and one yeah nine and one yeah and they've been one of the worst offensive teams in the nfl yep so i'll just say take it easy I, i'm not betting against tom brady okay uh, he does look a little shook by by some of the pressure, uh, but I mean, you know, he's immobile. What do you expect? Right. Uh, but the other quarterback that you mentioned, Phil, the fact that he he's not benched yet. It's it's Wednesday, right? <laughs> yeah. After watching uh, that game. Monday uh-huh. night. I was I was honestly offended he finished the game. 
You said you were offended? I was offended because I think there's been a lot of quarterbacks who have uh, played poorly, but when it not as – I got to try to figure out how I want to say it. When it hasn't been completely their fault. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of the time, even when it's not their fault, quarterbacks get blamed, which is the nature of the position. I get it. Yeah. But it's it happens a lot of the time, and a lot of these quarterbacks don't even get real opportunities. Right. Like Mason Rudolph could have been benched after three weeks, and we would never have thought about him again. Right. Um, but Kyle Allen is another guy. But it just <sighs> watching Rivers make the awful throws that he made, I was like, he's done. Why? Why are you letting him embarrass himself? I promise you, I wouldn't have thrown the interceptions Rivers threw. I mean, they were so bad. Dude, Two of them were right in the numbers of the other team. That last, <laughs> that last throw in the end zone with a chance yeah. to tie, where dude, he was on the ground when they. <laughs> dude, he's over there like jumping, begging for that pass to get through and be yeah. completed, and I'm like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, you can't throw it to the other team and then beg the heavens that your receiver catches it. I told you, uh, Honey Badger looked like a defensive MVP against Rivers. Yeah, that one he caught. The first one Honey Badger picked off was a nice interception. It was a bad pass, but it was also a really nice interception. The other two though were just ridiculous passes. Was it, did he throw three or four? four? He threw three, right? Four? He threw four. Well, two of them were right in the Chiefs' hands, right in their numbers, right in the chest. I, I would have benched him at halftime, honestly. <laughs> the fact, like, I don't understand. <laughs> he had two at halftime? Yes. Yeah. But Who's their backup? was awful all night long. I have no idea. It didn't yeah, matter. I don't care. Get him in there. <laughs> I do not care. I, I don't care if it's Nathan Peterman. Put him in the game. Watch the Chargers pick up Cap. <laughs> I'd like that. I mean, the Chargers have a good team. I know, they do. They should not be throwing away their season with a quarterback who, god damn it, he really be wearing his helmet backwards sometimes. He's the one who's throwing away the season, literally. Dude. He's, it's it's shocking to me. He's what a, he's an eighteen year veteran. Like he's you see he now is like the record for being the biggest choker ever. I mean, the I'm most ga- I mean he's most been losses, in the league for twenty years. Of, most one possession losses ever. The Chargers, all their losses this season have been one possession. By the way, they were. Yeah. Uh, they were showing that stat after the game. I was like, I mean, my God. He, he has like 60 of them <laughs> over his career. It's like the most by any quarterback. It just, dude, you've been in the like league Cutler. 18, 19 years. He looks like Cutler out there playing. I, I wouldn't go that far because he's still <laughs> not like a bad teammate. Cutler was an interception machine, though. A machine. I don't oh, know how no, he. Man. I don't know. Rivers, Rivers is quite a machine himself. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is. 
dude, he just made throws all game long. I'm like, what? What were you thinking? I feel bad for um, athletes like him who have to like go home. Oh my god! And see their families oh after my that. God. <laughs> oh. What do you say at the dinner table? Like, Dad, what were you doing, Dad? <laughs> what were you looking at? Yeah, I mean... That meme that meme of him wearing his helmet backwards will live ti- on forever. It's timeless. It defines him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what do they have, seven losses? All one possession? Are yeah. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Chargers have, like... They have to have a top ten roster in the league. I yeah, they, they should. Have weapons yeah. at every position. Yeah, offense and defense. Seven one possession games. Yeah. Get him out of there. And Tyreek Hill only played one quarter, right? Yeah. They're trash. Kansas City, by the way, is not very good. Mahomes saves the day every game. Oh yeah. It's really just Mahomes out there playing for them sometimes, honestly. Yeah, I'm really surprised they haven't kind of built better around him. I know some of that is injuries, but... Injuries in last year's... If you're not prepared to handle injuries in the NFL, you don't deserve to succeed. Injuries in last year's antics. Everyone had a different allegation, it seemed like. Yeah, like four guys with allegations on the team. Right. So, yeah... At this summer, I think they really need to make some big, make some choices, make some, make some big make moves, make some upgrades at the offensive line. Yeah, Man, why are you you're relying on your quarterback to throw for 600 yards, but you can't protect him? Oh, and, and I think I know Gronk gets the best tight end ever uh, label often, but Kelsey's ridiculous, man. The stuff he does, like the moves he makes. Yeah. Did you see that fake spin? He's really a gigantic receiver out there. Yeah, that's man. What, that's what Gronk was very similar in that way. He was, and Gronk was was just, he was like more power than Kelsey He's is more like finesse. physically imposing. Yeah, and Kelsey just has finesse, man, at that size. And, you know, the way he moves and how big he is to be moving how he moves is crazy. Gronk would just run you over. Like, it really didn't matter. You just bounce off of him and all that. But Kelsey would be breaking people off. He's fun to watch. Him and Mahomes, I mean, they're They're definitely a a two-man show. If they could, could, by some miracle, figure out how to stop the run, uh, I'm excited to see how they they end the season. Their team reminds me a little bit of the... um, Giants uh, Super Bowl team when with Shockey the first one the Shockey and Victor Cruz one no was it Victor Cruz no Plaxico Shockey and Plaxico right yeah I don't know if I'd go that far but now well I mean Shockey wasn't as good as Kelsey but how how they run to Kelsey often he likes to Shockey used to be like that he used to get the ball a lot whether he should or not but. They had that kind of offense that Mahomes just turns into, you know, highlights. Yeah. Something Eli never could do. Um, they're fun, man. I, they're still they're still probably the most fun team to watch, 
And Lamar is the most fun player for me. That's fair. Real quick before we get into basketball. Yeah. Dude, they again, NFL had the audacity to put Bears and Rams Sunday night. <laughs> Dude, anybody yeah. who watched that game, I challenge you to point out who was who was the bigger trash can at quarterback. Who Dude, was throwing for the Bears? Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, he was. They tried to bench. They was... tried to bench him in the last like possession, uh, saying he got hurt. No, they no, he wasn't. Oh, okay. I mean, maybe he was, he was hurt, but he didn't get benched because he was hurt. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was hurt. That's why I was asking. Uh, um, and Goff was out there looking. Gurley has a good day, and Goff still can't make good throws. If the Rams had a good quarterback, they they might be the best team in football. Dude, I I don't know what had them convinced to pay Goff that extension. How much did he get? Like a hundred. 20, 130 mil. 130 million? Yeah. You don't remember Dak better get 180. <laughs> That's what I'm Dak saying. Dak deserves 180. It's not even like, it's not even Dak Prescott playing well. It's some of these other quarterbacks who've gotten paid and are playing like garbage. Yeah, and they can't touch, I mean, Goff can't touch Dak. Not at all. Value wise. Not at If Dak all. was on the Rams, the Rams would probably be undefeated. Absolutely. <laughs> And Dak is the other guy's attitudes. And Dallas would be winless with golf. <laughs> right. Dealing with the rest of the Cowboys' attitudes and the coaching, I mean, it has to be nonstop stress. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm approaching, I think after this season, I'm done disrespecting Dak Prescott. Okay. Because as, as the Cowboys, like the Cowboys around him still look trash. Yeah. But he's... Like, he's getting better in spite of that. I'm about to be done respecting Zeke. Yeah. He He just looks so average. And when he's above average, it's just slightly. It's not really that much better than, like, you know. Nick Chubb is way better than he is this year. It's, It's guys who, like, I wouldn't even think would be better than him that are outshining him this he year. He just got paid like a number one running back, and you could probably name top ten guys at that position better than him. Yeah. That's unacceptable. Yeah, it's the same Even if your coaching is trash, which it is, like, you, dude, you gotta break tackles. You gotta make plays happen. Right. Ask Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Yeah. But that's it, Saquon, man. and, you know... Saquon doesn't get the opportunities that everyone else gets. Right. But skill-wise, I don't know if anyone's better than Saquon right now as a running back. Skill-wise. If mean, Saquon was on a good team. I'm not oh going to lie, God. dude. Aaron Jones impresses me every time I watch him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, me too. A lot of these a lot of these running backs are way better at catching the ball than I think, like that I would think. Yeah. And that's that's become like when I started watching football, it was not like that at all. Yeah, um, like the LTs kind of helped change yeah, that. Like late two thousands, all of a sudden quarterbacks start, figured out that they could just dump it down to their backs. Rivers, <laughs> and it changed the game. Rivers didn't have to throw. Now, now there's trash quarterbacks who can, using the power of stats, hide how trash they are. I mean, Trubisky yeah. was third in QBR last year. 
Which is ridiculous. He, he, dude, he does not look like he belongs on a football field. Right. But all right, let's, let, we got some basketball to get into. Uh, it's return week in the NBA. <laughs> um, first, <laughs> who's first? Paul George. Let's go Paul George first. First, PG-13 is back in full effect for the Clippers. Made his debut, uh, I think it was the night. It was Wednesday, right? Last Wednesday? Yeah. Um, He came <laughs> right out the gates getting buckets. Um, He looks good, man. I mean, <laughs> I missed watching him play. I know I did, but let's see. What did he get first game? 33? Yeah. And then next game, 37? And then 18 um, the other night? Yeah, 37 in 20 minutes? <laughs> Yo, Atlanta is a team that everyone just like, the circus comes to town when Atlanta comes. And I like Atlanta. I love Trey Young, but that team is just like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's the circus. Like I said, they come just for other teams to go crazy on highlights. Lakers are throwing it off the backboard and 360s and stuff on them. LeBron over there talking to Kobe mid-game. Like, come on, bro. Yeah, Kobe taking his daughter taking pics with Kevin Hart while the free throws were going on and stuff. <laughs> it's sad. But PG though, he he does look good. He looks good. Uh, and and we this is why I was so excited about them as a duo. Yeah. Because Paul George is is the perfect complimentary player. Yeah. Like he just he could do everything. They're both perfect complimentary players, which is kind of fire because now they're going to be complimenting each other. They they both really don't have uh they don't really have a lot of weaknesses in their game. I would say Kawhi like skill-wise has more weaknesses than Paul George, but for how he plays, he doesn't have any weaknesses in his his yeah. game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cuz he he doesn't bring the ball up court like Paul George does. But, you know, when he comes off those down screens, there's not a lot of weakness there. Tonight is the night, by the way. We're recording before this their first game together. Um, so, after tonight, we'll see how that goes. So, what are, you, what are you thinking? You had some concerns, though. Uh, well, the load management shit's getting out of hand. It is. Um, but if you know if he's hurt, he's hurt. Whatever. <clears throat> I just don't like. They're they're relying on guys to kind of be good role players. Yeah. That I would like. I it's okay to rely on them in in you know October, November, December. But I'm curious if that'll continue to be the case when you get to the like the you know April June days. Who are you talking about though? Uh, Mo Harkless is one. Patrick mm-hmm. Beverly is one. Uh, Jermichael Green is one. Jermichael uh, Green is a big one. But it, I, I think um, Harkless and Beverly have proved themselves in the playoffs already once. Harkless has been in some playoff runs with the Blazers. I mean, not nah, I shouldn't say playoff runs, but he's he's played well in the playoffs before. But he's not. I get what you're saying. He's definitely not someone to rely on. 
yeah. I'm not relying on Harkless to give me a good game. And that's why, honestly, that's why they've been losing games. Uh, they've just kind of, they're trying to spread the ball around a little bit. They're trying to allow some of these guys to, like, make plays. And, and they really just have no business doing that. Yeah. Like, Patrick Beverly just looks like a sore thumb. He just looks out of place. Yeah. He looks like he doesn't know where to be on offense. He's kind of jittery every time he touches the ball. He tries to force it. He tries to, like, crash for dumb rebounds, and he ends up fouling for no reason. Fouling or his man ends up getting a layup on the other end. He's also, like, he's also not playing very good defense because of all the fouling. Right. Uh, I thought Westbrook kind of exposed him pretty accurately, talking about he's fooling everybody. Yeah. Because he really just been, he's just been dumb physical. He's not... Like, watching him guard Doncic, he doesn't take Luka out his comfort zone. No. He just tries to bully him. And good basketball players overcome that easily. Yeah, I mean, everyone except Lonzo Ball right. overcomes that every time. Right. And Durant. The thing is, strong-minded basketball players, it's nothing. Right. Durant, I consider Durant a weak-minded basketball player. No offense to Durant as a person. Because, you know, I don't know him, but from what I've seen, I've seen more people get in Durant's head than probably any other superstar. CP used to be, you know, knee-deep in Durant's head every right. playoffs. Right. And that's kind of what rose Westbrook's stock eventually. Um, but anyway, um, you're right about Beverly for sure. I totally agree. I just I thought he was a better shooter than he's shown so far. He has to be wide open with time and he doesn't even dude he doesn't even shoot wide open shots well <laughs> yeah you know he do, he's not a good shooter no he's not he's not I mean, a I three thought he was guy. respectable you know in years past but he gets hot he's yeah. a run guy though he's That's a momentum fair. player i will say <clears throat> one thing i like about them and i thought i didn't think they'd do this but they they play through Lou Williams more than they play through Kawhi Leonard. Well, look, that's because that's the kind of guy, that's the kind of player he is, and you they do. You're right. But I I didn't see that in Toronto. Yeah, but who else could you play through in Toronto? <laughs> Good point. But no, I mean Co- I just Kyle I didn't Lowry. Think, I th- I thought they would kind of force. You know, Kawhi being that number one guy, they would force PG to be that number one guy. And they've kind of, they've been, they've done a good job of taking a back seat to just good team basketball. Yeah, and also you got to remember who's coaching now. Right. You know, Doc is a good coach. It's another one of those, it's a good culture. It, at this point, it's a good organization. You you feel confident about where they're heading. Yeah, I'm I feel confident too. I I think we'll see. I think the more they play together, we'll see who has to be what for the team. Because they can't both just be complimentary guys. Someone is gonna have to step up and be the go-to guy. And um, when Lou Williams isn't out there, of course. I want to see if like how they play together. Yeah. Both of those guys are creators. I've never really seen them like be finishers for other players. <laughs> Surely not Kawhi. Right. 
Yeah, I yeah, I'm with I you. think PG could be really good at that. He could. I and and that's the thing, and that's what I was saying early, um, yesterday about the disrespect PG gets. I, there really is nothing he can't do. I don't think there's any team where I could say, you know, uh, PG wouldn't fit on this team. Right. Because he'll just do whatever you need him to do. <laughs> He'd had he had a lot of ten assist games on the Pacers, where it was like, okay, you know, we need to get David West and Hibber involved, who were both pretty much Hibber hasn't played since PG left Indiana, yep. not a game, and you know he excelled. He brought those guys up a notch as a team. Um, and that's something I think him doing that on the Clippers is going to be magic. I think it is. It, it It's up to Doc and it's up to Kawhi um, to allow him to do that, I guess. Or to foster it, I should say, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm curious. Tonight's night. They play Boston. Another um, balanced team. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know gonna, yeah. I just. I don't know how it will look exactly, but I'm excited for it. And the positions is going to be interesting because I'm confident that Paul George can play any position basically, and Kawhi could definitely play. He can guard any position on defense. So I don't think it's going to be a problem, but I'd like to see, are they going to go, f- you know, four out, one in? Are they just going to be five out, motion? You know, I want to see w- what kind of sets they run with two small forwards like those guys, you know? Yeah. The, uh, one other thing I want to see from them is, so from from the things I've seen, Lou Williams closes games, Montrezl close ga- closes games, obviously Kawhi, PG, Who's that fifth guy? Who's if gonna Patrick be? Beverly's not in foul trouble, it gotta be him. Really? Defensively? Okay. I just I, I feel like you're giving up so much size playing Lou Will and Patrick Beverly together. And I think I think Patrick Beverly's at his worst when he's out there like trying to be a shooting guard almost. Yeah. And with Lou Williams out there, that's all he really can be. Right, yeah. So I, I, Shamit has been very up and down. Yeah, I thought Shamit was gonna come back like a beast. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he's been good, but I, I'm just curious. Like Harkless defensively, who could be a guy who, when they put that five out, oh yeah, I mean they're unstoppable. Yeah, Harkless is a guy I could see finishing games, but I, I think it depends on how often Paul George handles the ball, probably. Okay. Because they use Paul like a point forward, LeBron-esque kind of thing, which he can do, then I would say, okay, you know, Har- keep Harkless out there. Because Harkless is a guy, and I said this, <laughs> I said this, but um, he's a guy who, you know, I don't mind guarding a star. Just He's like a good role-playing star guarder, you know? Bazemore is another one like yeah. that. Um, they'll take the challenge. Yeah, yeah. I'm like cool that. with them guarding them because, okay, they're not going to stop them, but they're, you know, lengthy, they're energetic, and they don't need anything on offense. Right. Nothing at all. And basically, they just play four on five on offense and, you know, let a guy sit out on defense, basically. 
Imagine if they play the Lakers and Paul George or Kawhi doesn't have to guard LeBron. Yeah, it's a wrap. Yeah. Because who, who's guarding them? <laughs> Danny Green? No. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because on paper it sounds like the Lakers can match up well defensively, but in reality I don't think it's going to be that easy. No, it's not. You got two – I mean – I I think Kawhi is pretty much showing that he's unguardable. Even though I, I don't... It doesn't look that way because his game doesn't have a lot of flash. It's not like he's like really, you know, breaking guys down off the dribble and like blowing past yeah. them. So it looks like he's guardable, but no one's doing it. And I think PG has already proven that he can... He's taken LeBron off the dribble a lot, a lot in the past. Um, taking elite defenders off the dribble and made plays. So, uh, yeah, they could be really scary, man. Uh, this LA rivalry is getting is about to get crazy. If Doc then if Doc doesn't go straight to the Western Conference Finals, he should be out of the Hall of Fame ballot. <laughs> Take him off the Hall of Fame ballot. Damn, just for. With this team, they are stacked. To the just to the Western Conference Finals, you don't have to go to the Finals. Finals, this is Western Conference Finals. You can't make it to the Western Conference Finals. Right, this team Doc. should be second seed. <clears throat> All right, Doc, gotta get it done. I think maybe. I still think they need another center. I don't. I'm not cool with Zubac, and I'm not cool with Montrezl being, you know, a stretch center. I don't like that. Not with how the game is right now. Not with the, you know, these teams in the West got elite, elite big men. Montrez is a really, really good defender, but I don't know if I want him guarding Anthony Davis, you know, seven games. I'm not sure if I want him even guarding, like, Jokic. Nurkic. Nurkic or Jokic. Any itches for seven, seven games, that's going to be ugly. And you know Zubac can't guard Jokic. Yeah, Zubat can't guard much of anything. I don't want Montrezl guarding Porzingis for seven games. Um, Towns for seven games. I don't know if they'll see Towns for seven games, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know how I like that. I would like a someone else out there, maybe. Even if it's someone, again, even if it's someone not good, like, Noah Joe Kim was like the center version of what I said Harkless is. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. A scrub that plays pretty good defense on stars. <laughs> I'm cool with that. I don't see Montrez or Zubac as that yet. Okay, so. that's fair. Alright, the other return of the great <laughs> Carmelo, he's back on Portland. Mello Anthony. Double zero. Agent zero? <laughs> yeah, he killed me. Double oh seven? That's probably what he was that. trying to do. I know his game. Uh, he didn't need to do all that. <laughs> why didn't he just come back at seven like he, he's been? I don't get why players change their numbers all the time. Or 15, He was 15 at first, right? And Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, he's back. Um, first game in Portland. 
10 points, f- five fouls, I think. Four. Four fouls, four rebounds, a block, and he tried to posterize Jackson Hayes. <laughs> yeah. He tried to get a poster his first day back on the job. He got a post. He kind of got Jackson Hayes' block poster. Um, what do you think, man? What do you think about Melo on the Blazers? You think Melo's really shot? Uh, I don't want to overreact to one game. First of all, like no, no, yeah, I, I know. I, I do think. I do think I I won't have like a real opinion on what Melo will look like for them until probably like 15 20 games. Yeah. When he's a little more comfortable. Yeah. Um one thing that does frustrate me is it, it doesn't look like his game has changed. <laughs> he still he still holds the ball. Yeah. Still he still tries to bully through people. Right. He he hasn't had the ability to do that in like 5 years. <laughs> right. I don't know why he continues to do it. Since Porzingis came in the league, he hasn't done that. Yeah. I I agree with that. But I will say this. He didn't get locked up. He was just missing easy shots. Yeah, for sure. And once those start falling, because right. they'll fall, they will fall. Right. Um. It could get ugly. <laughs> if they if they have, if somehow the stars align, and all three of them are hitting, <laughs> it could be crazy, like bombs away. If if Carmelo gets like one of those Olympic, Olympic games hot, yeah, which. <laughs> Which he can do, and Dame gets one of those local Lillard hot, and McCollum has his floater on point. You know they get they could put up a lot of points, and they have good shot blockers and good defenders, good rebounders now. I like it. I like the pickup. Um, obviously everything I'm saying is hypothetical. Uh, hypothetical, yeah, and it's implying that Melo does come back. You know, at least. 80% mellow, maybe 65% mellow, what I think a 35-year-old mellow would be. I'm not saying mellow needs to go in there and get 10 rebounds a game and do all that. But I like it, man. I like it. I think it could be big. Do you think he sh- he'll remain in the starting lineup? No. No way. That, that was he- my thing. If, if, he, if he starts, I think it'll be a disaster. Well, I think they'll mm. make it'll be a bad look for him because he'll get exposed, and I mean it'll be a bad look for them because they're going to continue losing games. I think him starting might be the only way they can break, like break down the rust barrier, though. And I I know that's that's not good, and it might lose some games. But I think that to get the biggest reward from the risk, that is the risk. Because I, we've seen him trying not to start games, and like the rust never comes off, because it's like never he never is fully into the game. It feels like yeah, 
Because on, on Houston, it was, like, always awkward. He would come in and, like, no matter who he came in for, didn't seem right. I think maybe him starting, even if he starts and he comes right at the game, kind of like a, um, you know, like a Bruce Bowen thing for San Antonio. Like, Manu was in two minutes into the game, most games. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it's like that, if he comes in, starts out, and then Ronnie Hood comes in, I think that would be better than him coming off the bench. He kind of just comes in as like, oh, you know, who am I guarding again? It's like he's not ready. Um, that's just my opinion but based that, off what I've seen. That proves why he hasn't gotten a job in as long as he has. He has it does. not adapted to the NBA. Is that and teams aren't willing to be patient in ad- trying to adapt him, which is understandable. He's thirty six. He's thirty five years old. Yeah. It's not. I'm not. I'm not waiting for Melo to adapt. I'm not. I'm not building my team around Melo's possible, you know, growth as a player. His two-year career. That I really don't think is coming. And, and, and frankly, I think he's. this is his last year. You think this is it? I think this is it. I think we'll know by New Year's if this is it. This is another one of those things. I'd love to be wrong. I'd love to. Yeah. I'd love for Melo to resurge for a month and average like nineteen, twenty points a game. Yeah, nothing would make me happier. <laughs> yeah, especially all the people who like who called him washed as soon as he got off the Rockets. Yeah, like watching all those people see him thrive and succeed. I'd love that. And the Rockets was probably like the worst team, worst possible team he could have went to. Absolutely. I'm, I mean, because no one excels on the Rockets except for Harden. Nobody. Harden and P.J. Tucker, that's it. Capella could be doing what he does on there on every team in the league. Yep. Every team. And Tucker, I mean, he's the only one who really gets anything from Harden. Harden's play is because he gets all the rebounds from Harden's air balls. From Harden's 40 other missed shots or 30 missed shots. You saw he got that, got a career high and missed shots the other day, right? <laughs> I didn't see that, but I'm not surprised. In a career high, taking shots. He had, like, took 41 shots to get 49, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I did see that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I talked about it. I really, I don't know if I'm going to watch Houston the rest of the season. Is not enjoyable at it, all. It hurts. It's it's so frustrating. It's not entertaining. Uh, I've seen like this this hardened show that they live and die by. I've seen it for half a decade. And you've seen it lose for half a decade. I don't understand. They're acting like because he averages a few more points that something has changed. No, nothing has changed. Russell Westbrook is playing great now. He's, you know, CP3 was looking real good early on. You remember when CP3, uh, Harden, and Capella played together? They were like 25-1. and one. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, we've seen this team have long regular season success. Right. But similar to Melo, they have not adapted to what the NBA is. Right. They think James Harden is just going to get better and better and they'll just that will push them over, you know, 
the mountain. I think um, the Boston Celtics was it 07 that they won? 08. The 08 Boston Celtics deserve some credit. I really think they helped shape today's game in a lot of ways um, because. And this is this is kind of sad that Rondo will probably never like really go down in history, um, how he should like yeah. how he deserves to be. But their their move the ball, Rondo becoming like a actual point guard in a time where there was like no actual point guards, really changed the game. Because since then, it's been like this steady trying to get out of that. And the only way, only person who could beat that was Kobe at the time. Right. And the, there's been like a, there's a transition of getting out of that to where the Warriors came with the everybody eats, basically, right? Yeah. And now that's the new, the new norm, because that was the only way to get past the good point guard, everyone else, you know, be ready, I'm going to hook you up. And now... People are trying to get away from the, that move the ball thing, and and it's Harden. Harden is the only one who's like really trying to like not Harden. I should say D'Antoni's the only one who's really trying to force his way out of that system. That's won like four championships. Yeah, and it it looks crazy. It looks crazy, man. And now more teams are getting like Harden. I think Dallas kind of plays like that. I think Doncic is just a more efficient. Score, of, yeah, but they just give Doncic the ball and everyone gets out the way, basically. I, I got I got kind of heat for this, uh, and I, I I was talking to a couple friends of mine, and I said Doncic's step back is better than Harden's. <laughs> he gets more separation, he's way more efficient with it, and he actually gets good shots with his step backs. And I don't know how his shot is so slow, and he still. Water. Puts it right in people's mouth. Water. <laughs> it's water and like this you can't block it. It's so slow though. I don't know. Dodson's game is slow. Like it is. Every time I've watched somebody like pressure, like Avery Bradley was trying to pressure him a couple games ago. I saw Beverly try to do it. I told you, man, this is who I think I and I said when he first came, he reminds me of Ginobili. I think if Ginobili was on his own team, this is what I imagine Ginobili would have been like on his own team. I think their games are a little bit different. I think Ginobili was more of like a speedster, like yeah. a blow-past-you kind of guy. But but outside of that, in terms of just how they've controlled the game, yeah, uh, I agree for sure. From every aspect. Right. And, I mean, he's Doncic is great, man. Absolutely. He's great. Um, but yeah, Dallas plays a similar game. It's like Doncic, you do you, and you know if you don't have it, we're kind of open. <laughs> Dallas is also <laughs> a trash roster. It is. Yeah, it is. But but yeah, man, I just I, I'm not watching the Rockets. There's no point. I'll, I and mean, you're I'll really watch not even in the getting playoffs, your, but you're not getting your money's worth of Westbrook. As I went on a rant about last podcast, I've seen it's enough. It's boring. It's boring. And Harden is not like this. He's not. I'm trying to say this without saying it like literal. He's not that good. (laughs) 
I don't want to. And when I say that, I don't mean that Harden isn't one of the greatest scorers ever. Yeah. He is, but he takes more shots and he takes more ill-advised shots than anyone ever. Ever. Do you know how much points Kobe would have averaged if Kobe played in Harden's offense? Kobe, how much do you think Kobe has the all-time lead in misses? Right. He probably would. He probably would have added a couple extra thousand to that number. Yeah, for sure. Off of playing like that, and he probably would have added a couple thousand. He probably would have added five thousand to his points. I'm sure, absolutely. I mean, it's just a lot of guys could function in the same offense. Even guys playing now, you could interchange them. Paul George would do. He could do the same. He wouldn't do it because that's not his game. He's not selfish like Harden is. But I mean. I, I don't know. It's just I don't see that much special about Harden putting up ninety shots a game and you know, averaging forty. You should. You should be averaging forty. Yeah, man. It just it shows it shows me how important coaching is. Uh, yeah. And, and to me, like Harden could average I said this last year, he could average forty five. He could. I, I think I mean Harden will probably if anyone is going to break Kobe's game record, you know, shot clock era game record, yeah. it'll be Harden. I the, I think it was – it's probably like four players in the league I think could do it. And it's – Harden is definitely at the top of the list. It's funny. I'm, I'm really getting numb to his, like, big stat performances. Yeah. And Westbrook – and Westbrook kind of said it, like, literally the day, like – it was around the time Harden had 49 on 40 shots. Yeah. And, and it was some at that point Westbrook like recently said don't, you know, normalize his greatness. I'm like, dude, develop your game. I'm not so sure Westbrook couldn't do that. Honestly, I mean he wouldn't hit as many threes, but if someone said Westbrook just go straight to the basket every time I you mean, get the ball. I mean that first MVP year, he basically did that. He did, yeah. And he was, but he wanted to. That was probably his best, best year of his career. And the other thing, uh, real quick transition, LeBron's triple double thing he got. Is that really that impressive? No, the the triple double thing is not impressive. I'll say that Westbrook could pro- Westbrook's probably only one team away from doing that, and I mean, and he's ten years younger. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm at this point. I'm also numb to LeBron's stats. Like, I'm tired. <laughs> LeBron's the first player to get triple double on every team. Westbrook, but he two players average a triple double in the last hate, three years. Dude, I hate I when mean, they po- point that type of shit out. I'd be like, why? Why did it take him 18 years to get a triple double against OKC? Doncic and Ben Simmons could get a triple double every night. If they were, I've I've said it on here before. Anytime they want to, absolutely. I mean, this is especially in the Seventy Sixers case. They probably would lose most of the nights, but I mean, they have to find a way to praise LeBron every every day. Yeah, they do. One thing I'll say about LeBron watching them play, and I swear I only catch Lakers games these days, because every LA game is on yeah. TV. I don't know if the Clippers have played off television yet. Right. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it. Or the Lakers. Go ahead. Uh, I I think LeBron, LeBron is showing signs that he is actually coachable. Now, 
a small sample size. We're what fifteen games in, not yeah. even fifteen games. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm I'm not like sold on that idea. Yeah. But watching them him the last five like five to ten games, he looks a lot more engaged into what the Lakers are doing, as opposed to just trying to. And I criticized him for this a couple weeks ago. He wants to control every aspect of the game. Yeah, he does. He's starting to he's starting to slowly get away from that. Yeah. And the more he gets away from it, honestly, the better Lake the Lakers play. Yeah. Now I don't know how much of like how much of their success is really him playing point guard, because that's something I'm not quite sold on yet. Uh huh. But they they have a uh, a ball moving energy that I really like. Yeah. Like everybody everybody's become a willing passer on the Lakers. Yeah. And in yeah. years past with playing with LeBron, you know, you just you got to be ready to shoot. Right. So I, I the Lakers honestly are getting better and better with every game. Yeah, hopefully it maintains. I think it will. But I agree. I agree. They're, just, they're playing everything. to all their guys' strengths. I mean, they mm-hmm. have they they have like perfected their center rotation with McGee and Howard. And and this is what I knew Vogel would bring. Vogel is the role master in the league. All Vogel's teams, everyone knows their role. Yeah. Exactly. They know exactly what they're supposed to do when they come into the game. And that, that's one thing D'Antoni does not do a good job of. I still don't know what Macklemore is supposed to be doing when he comes <laughs> in the game. What does Austin Rivers do in the game? <laughs> I have no idea. Austin Rivers has been a point guard his whole career until last year. Um, but Vogel, he's always... That's one thing I I was really looking forward to seeing. And these guys, I mean, they know... Dwight knows what to do when he comes in the game. These guys know exactly what they're supposed to be doing when they come into the games. And that's huge. I mean, and this L- is... Lionel Hollins is another really good one at this. Yes. Uh, dude, this is the first time... Since Miami, he's had a respectable coaching staff. Yeah. Like, he doesn't look at the... Dude, I'm telling you, when he looked at the Lakers bench last year and Luke Walton said something to him, I guarantee it went out... It went in one ear and out the other. Yeah. I guarantee that. Watching them last night against OKC, Jason Kidd is, is telling him something and he's locked in. Yep. And it's it's little things like that. That makes such yeah. a big difference, especially when you're playing 82 games a year. And LeBron now has, like, two of the greatest point guards ever in his ear all the time. Yes. Rondo and Kidd yes. all the time. Yeah. And like you said, Lionel Hollins brings a defensive presence that has clearly made an impact. Yep. And another guy who could have some garbage guys come in and do exactly what they need to do. And nothing else. Tony Allen, do not shoot the ball. I don't want you ever shooting it. Just play D. Right. I got you. Shout out to Tony Allen. And but, the, I mean, huh? I think the Lakers have also started figuring out their depth. I mean, yeah. with just how they move the ball so well. They get away with playing Quinn Cook and Caruso as a backcourt. Because they, they, they don't play it. They don't do anything they're not supposed to be exactly. doing. Exactly. And they, like, KCP will be in that lineup. And I'm just like, ew, like, that's so nasty. 
Casey, yeah, KCP comes in, and he runs around, well. runs like, all wiry. All those guys will play better off of each other. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I, yeah, man, I, I really, the more I watch the Lakers, the more I'm impressed with them. Yep. Yep. Hopefully, we'll see what they do in adversity. That's really yes. where it's going to be an issue. Well, we'll also see if they could survive the grind of the season. Right, and the wild, wild west, as it is now, it's tough. It's it's looking tough. Uh, Utah starting to figure it out. Yeah, Nuggets. Nuggets look really good, man. Another team that just moves the ball. Yeah, like everybody comes out there and touches the ball. I don't, I don't need Malik Beasley to take shots, but nope. I need him to touch the ball. He's a point guard. They're so interchangeable. Yes. Monty Morris comes in and he's ready to take shots. Beasley's comes in, he's you know shot ready. Tory Craig comes in ready to play D. Jeremy Grant just fits so seamlessly. Um, and then Porter now is fitting in slowly, but he's is working. They're playing Hernan Gomez again. Finally, he's coming in, lighting it up, doing exactly what he knows how to do. Yeah, they're they're good, man. And now they're trying to get Goodala. Dude, they'd be crazy with Iguodala. I know. I mean, they're de- they're already probably the deepest team in the league. I mean, they they Millsap is like their fourth, fifth option. <laughs> Which he should be. That's, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Millsap that to me is perfect for him. It is. Like that's yep. how you maximize the like the defensive ability that he has and the whatever offensive skill he could give you. Yep. Yeah. I just um I think I need Murray to be a little more consistent. Yeah. I I wish I don't know if he's the right fit for that team anymore. I kind of think he's outgrowing the team in a way. And I I just think he's better than the team needs him to be. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I I think if he was on another team and he could get, you know, 25 shots off he'd be one of the better scoring point guards in the league i I mean i know he's capable of that but with their offense he just shouldn't do that and then he kind of falls like into a gray zone in the game you know yeah you're like well why aren't you doing this or what should you be doing it's like it's kind of a weird weird situation but i agree he does need to be more consistent or at least his Aggressive. He needs to be aggressive as much as he is. Um, yeah, and he, and he his, kind of like he he goes stretches without being involved, and then yeah. he'll try to like force his way into a good shooting night. Yeah, and end up shooting poorly a lot of the time. Right, that's the problem. And he, when he gets out of the flow, he's so far out of the flow. Yeah, and he's just you know running up and down the court. So it's tough. It's tough. I, I don't think he's the guy. You know, I don't think he's the right guy for that. We'll that see. I, I don't want to commit to that just yet. Uh, mm-hmm. But but we'll see how they they make a playoff run this year, and kind of what will be their big biggest like missing ingredient. And they're so young. Yeah, they're so young. I mean, I you know um we uh we played Tory Craig. At St. Andrews, my freshman year, 
when he was at Upstate. I mean, he, so he's my age. I mean, Jokic is what, 23? Yeah, I mean, if they didn't have Millsap, they'd have, like, no veteran presence at all. <laughs> right. So I, and, I think, but that's that's why I think they're so balanced. Yeah. Because Millsap is such a perfect guy for something like that. And they're all hungry. I like it. Like um, you said, man, West is wild. <laughs> it is. You know, get the uh, Warriors. Can we get the Warriors off TV? I mean, <laughs> like the whole roster is injured. Why are they on TV? It's for Luca. I mean, so he's eating work, easy work. Yeah. But it's just like, come on, man! This is embarrassing. It is. They out there with Draymond Green at point guard. Turner needs to, you know, they need to put some. Is um, he playing today? No. Who? Draymond Green. No, he's not playing. Wow. Turner Sports needs to put some, you know, um, like a backup option. Yeah. Like some fail safes yes. into the. Because this is this is cheeks. Like I don't want to see this. No, don't get me wrong. Uh, the day like Thursdays when there's only like two or three games. Yeah. Okay. Those are the, the I, TNT I can give games. You a pass, but there's there's hella games today. Usually on uh, the TNT nights, it really is only those games right. uh, playing. Right. So if or it's like those one other games, game. like I get it. You know, there's nothing you could do at that point. Yeah. But, what, like it's Wednesday prime time basket. Wednesday Fridays. There's. At like eight to ten games minimum. Yeah, remember that night I told you I wish I had um, yes. league pass because they had like the Knicks game on while Lillard and Kyrie were battling in like a double overtime game, and um, Milwaukee was playing the Lakers or something. I don't like why are the Knicks on TV? This is terrible. And that was a Friday, I think. Oh. It, it's bad, man. It's it's really bad. I don't know who picks. I know they pick them for fans, but come on, man. Yeah. If you really, there's certain teams you probably are only a, only a fan of your local anyway. <clears throat> Dallas is kind of one of those teams. Let, let's talk about a team who we really haven't talked about so far this year, and I mean for good reason. But Phoenix, the, the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> oh are yeah, a surprisingly I competitive bunch. I want an apology. I need to apologize to Devontae Graham for ever thinking Terry Rozier was going to keep his starting job. Devontae Graham is playing like, I mean, he's playing amazing. I I love it. And I was, I liked him a lot at Kansas. I I didn't think he was going to be like a good pro, but I really liked his game. He's really fun to watch. He's a good leader. He's a good, um, he has a lot of energy. He has fun playing. Which is really important on a young team like that. This, which is where Minnesota went down the toilet, where the Nets are now going down the toilet. Charlotte, they're playing fun. They're having fun every night. Monk is having yes. fun. Bridges is having fun. That is so important. PJ Washington is having fun. Graham, I mean, these guys—they're smiling. They're hitting big shots. You know, they're laughing and joking. I mean, that's that's what sport that's how the sport should be they should be out there having a good time you're making millions of dollars smile enjoy it right <laughs> and they i mean they're doing it man they and they have nothing to lose they have nothing to lose they're going out here just playing i like it 
They're fun to watch, man. A they lot are. of fun. I caught one of the games. They, I think I've caught three of the games. They yeah. finally, like, they play a lot faster than they used to. Yeah. Like, they, dude, they used to have Kemba Walker, and you were trying to control the tempo and, and slow it down. Like, you should have, with the guys they have, they should have been playing like this. Yeah, well, there's a new coach. Right, right. Right? The, um, from San Antonio, right? I think so, yeah. And he plays small because P.J. Washington kind of plays a Millsap kind of role on the team where he's like a stretch four, but he's really a three kind of thing. Well, he's a, he's a three, but he's really a four kind of thing. Um, I don't know who starts for them at center. It changes a lot, I think. But, yeah, they go small. Bridges plays two through four. Right, Zeller. Mm. Maybe Zeller's been there a while, but I—I I mean, I don't know. Yeah, like you said, it, it does change. Yeah, so I, I think, I think that them playing that small ball is making them faster. They're taking, um, their possessions are shorter. They're taking you know quicker shots, which certain some teams can't get away with. But I like it. I like I mean, how they do it. Yeah, and one thing—if you look at their ten guys that they play, you'd you'd easily assume they're the worst team in basketball. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, Devonte Graham has been easily their best player. Yeah, and if you had told me, yeah. if you had told me prior to the year that they'd be carried to wins because of Devonte Graham, I would have thought you were drunk. Yeah, and, and Devonte Graham, man, oh, go ballin'. ahead. He's just balling, man. He's an experienced leader. That's one thing. I mean, he led that Kansas team mm-hmm. four years. I think he graduated from Kansas. He was the leader every year, and he's one of those guys. He just needs – you just put him in the game, he gets better. You know, there's, there's been players um, – Siakam's kind of one. Just the more time he's out there, the better he gets. Right. And Graham is like that. He was like that in college. I remember his first year – I think Macklemore was there his first year. And, um, you know, he was, he was okay. He hit some open shots. But then the next year he came out, he was starting – then the next year he was captain, and he was just getting better and better and better. And he used to he used to work in like some of Kansas's biggest games too. Yeah, and that's you know he's a big shot guy. Right. Yeah, he's a big moment guy. And again, that's leadership. When you come bring that to the next level, that experience, and that's the one thing a lot of the one and duns miss. They never get the chance to be a leader on the team. Right. That's what a lot of the Duke guys miss that because they all, none of them ever get to lead in the NBA. Look at Kyrie. (laughs) Exhibit A. Good old Kyrie. (laughs) Exhibit A. Oh, man. Uh, Dude, I I watched Boston for about like five minutes. I literally caught Boston closing the game with free throws and a post game interview. And I could tell just from that, uh, they have upgraded at leadership. Yeah, who are give me five of the best leaders in the NBA right now? Oof, uh, man, Lillard, Kimba, those kind of guys, all graduated. I mean, Warrior it's not about players. graduating, but it's four years of college captain experience. You know, yeah. Going on a college team in Kentucky, the Kentucky guys are the same thing. None of them are good leaders. None of them. Not what? 
they go on there for a year and it's, you know it's just a band of bandits <laughs> playing together but these guys who go four years is like you know they've been someone that the new guys had to come talk to who had to teach other guys the offense who had to be the guy who everyone looked at in the huddle that's something you get that you know it doesn't come just from playing basketball it comes from being in that those big situations Shamit is another guy who um you know he doesn't have the leadership role on the clippers but part of the reason he's been able to up his stock is because when he comes in the game, like he was a really good floor general for um, Philly for a little bit of time. They gave him, they let him go. TJ McConnell's still out here <laughs> somehow. I don't know how, but he makes it work. Brogdon's another one. Yeah, Four years it's, just, it's obvious, man. And honestly, you just you just see it by how these guys conduct themselves. Uh, they're infinitely more mature from day one. Yeah, and it, it reflects in, on your teammates too. Yeah, like that maturity is something that had, plays a big role in how your teammates play, especially when you're the leader. Yep. All the European guys are really good at that too. Yeah, and they, you know, they start playing. They're twelve, <laughs> right? Fourteen. They're already in the, the experience is there. They understand the like how composed you have to be. Like, dude, have you ever seen Rubio like lose his mind over a game situation? Oh, never. You know, what I mean? like it happens. I get it with refs. It happens with everybody except Mike Conley. <laughs> Even Kawhi <laughs> Leonard gets upset at refs sometimes. Right. But like. Those those guys with the experience, they're they have the composure to to lead well. Horford's another guy. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they they do, and um, it it goes un you know spoken so often they don't get enough credit, the leaders, um, but it it is a pleasure to watch, and Graham man, he's doing he's getting it done. I like it. I hope he keeps it going. The fact that they have six wins to me, I'd put them in the playoffs just for that. They they got the eighth seed right now. If it started today, I'd, I'd love for them to keep it. Do I believe in them? No, of course not. But right, I love what I'm saying. Um, oh yeah, they still have Biombo. I, I even saw um Marvin Williams get some touches the other night. Yeah, he's still out there playing. Is Batum ever is he playing still? Yeah, he's playing. Batum is trash. Oh, why? Batum needs to go back to um the league. Yeah, where he go back to France and kick people in the nuts. <laughs> or punch people or whatever he did. Yeah. Rubio lost his cool that game. True. Because it was I um, that one. Navarro, I think he punched in the nuts. Rubio was ready to go. That was wild. I, I got to talk about well, the Washington Wizards for a second. That's right. The You're number one ranked me. offense in the NBA and the, I think, 30th defense. Yeah. <sighs> Dude, get Scott Brooks up out of there, please. I, I have no idea what they're waiting for. <laughs> I don't understand. 
I don't understand the logic. What is the thought process behind keeping him? Listen, they've picked up some great pieces. They've been making them work. Uh, Wagner, I thought he was a steal when the Lakers just gave him to the Wizards. Yeah. Rui looks great starting, and really, they're not letting him. They're not giving him that much responsibility, which is okay. He's a rookie. He could get more though, I think, and he probably could get better numbers. Um, but he's playing well for them. And Beal, please, Washington, stop wasting Beal's career. It hurts to watch, man. It really does. I, I mean, I loved Beal at Florida. I'm a Florida kid. And, oh, man, I was so excited. Him and Wall, I, I, you know, I thought they were going to be best backcourt in the league. And they were to me at one point. Um... But now Beal is is up here. He's a superstar. Please let him go. Let him go. Nah, don't do that. Put him back into the ocean. Let him swim. Nah, get Scott Brooks up out of there. Get a couple pieces. Let's get it going. It's well. I'm saying this because it has to be one or the other. Either Scott Brooks has to go now, now. or just let Beal go because this is a waste. Right. You're wasting him. There's, dude. There's no coaching. I, I kind of chilled the first like ten games. I really didn't watch them. Yeah. And, and all I saw every time I looked at the box score, my jaw dropped. I'm like giving up 140 points to, to bad teams. And they're scoring that much points. Yeah, and they're losing by like five. It's not like they're getting killed. You know, barely being able to keep up, get to 100. No, they're getting a 125, 130 minimum. And the roster is atrocious. So bad. And there's no coaching going on. This team gets in shootouts, and they've they've been lucky enough because they've been shooting the ball very well. Uh, like Hachimura's lights out from three. Bryant is oftentimes lights out from three. Bertans. Bertans. Wagner. He's leading the league in three-point percentage. It's just hard to watch. It's so obvious to me that Scott Brooks has to go. There's no there's no leadership from the coaching staff. There's no control. Players are just out there thriving only because of their individual skill. And it's just Yeah, man. I like I was hesitant to jump on the get rid of Scott Brooks bandwagon cuz you were one of the first people to drive that. Yeah. But uh, lo- looking at it now, getting a good like glimpse of the Wizards so far, uh, it's that bandwagon is so obvious that it just it hurts that he's not gone. And how good you guys could be, <laughs> just let him go, man. Scott, go home. I'm sure he'll. I'm sure he'll get another job. Maybe not as a head coach, but he'll like be employed. Yeah. You know, I don't know why, but he probably will. <laughs> That's what I was I was thinking. I don't like, know why well, he got hired where? as a coach to begin with. I don't know why either. To me, he has not shown in his many years as coach that he he has the most important quality, which is like good leadership. Right. If your coach can't can't lead guys, if he can't talk to guys, if he can't like 
if he can't be on the same page as players, it doesn't matter what you run. It doesn't matter. You Yeah, you could put up 140 points if your team is talented and or could get buckets. But you're not going to win real games doing that. The everybody eats situation happen under Scott Brooks? Yes. He has to go. I rest my case. Because... He's never fostered good relationships with the players. They've always had this animosity. Harden had animosity with everybody. Westbrook had animosity. As soon as Harden left, Westbrook had animosity. And Reggie Jackson. like All these guys are jealous of each other and not a good team. And, it, I mean, I don't. it's not happening as much with the Wizards because I think the Wizards just have, you know, better guys. I think Beal's a really good dude. Wall's a good dude. But... I mean, they when Gortat was there, they still had this back and forth kind of tension. Yeah. And Scott Brooks doesn't; he never cuts through the tension. And it's like yeah. you said, the tension's been everywhere. He's been the common variable. Yeah. It's it was probably obvious. on the Timberwolves when he was there. <laughs> it's obvious. That's at what this we, point. He played with Garnett, right? Yeah, briefly. Cheeks. He's terrible, man. Terrible player and terrible coach. Shout out to Scott Brooks, though. I wish you luck in your next endeavor when you get fired. <laughs> He's getting fired this year, though. Dude, I, can I will scream it. if he does not. I can guarantee it. The only reason why I can imagine they're not firing him is because they feel sorry because Wall is not there. But just because Wall isn't there, like... I mean, the Knicks have a better record. Hey, Wall might sneak back in this year. The Knicks have a worse team. Well, the Knicks have no All-Stars on the team, first of all. Their team may not be worse, but they don't have a, a Beal, right? They have, Their coach is getting fired. And their record is better than the Wizards. <laughs> hey, that's what happens when you don't play any defense. But how does someone with a better record than you get fired and you're not getting fired? That's the part I don't understand. The Knicks are playing amazing to me. Way better than I ever imagined they'd be playing. Well, since they said they were going to fire Fisdale, the Knicks have, like, refused to lose any games. (laughs) They, like, they got his back all of a sudden. Right. But, you know, the record's better than the Wizards, and he's on the hot seat. But, yeah, Scott Brooks is safe and sound. The fact that there's coaching stability in Washington makes no no logical sense to me. If you're prioritizing coaching stability with with the mess that's been going on the last three years, Mike Brown could outcoach Scott. Oh, absolutely, no doubt in (laughs) my mind. I think um, Fred Hoiberg might (laughs) give it a go (laughs) better than Brooks is right now. I think they're even. Clone, they're clones of each other. At least Hoiberg is nicer, a nicer guy. Yeah. Um, is that all we got for NBA? Uh, I think so. Because really we're too much big takeaways besides that. All right, you got a gem? You want me to go first? Uh, yeah, I'll get a gem in a second. Um, I was gonna ask you one more thing about the league. Um. Is Kyrie really hurt? Or is he just <laughs> having, rattled? Having a mood swing? Yeah. 
What's up with Kyrie? You think? <laughs> what do you think's going on going on behind know. the scenes? I don't know. Honestly, dude, like I kind of which when you called him out, what was it, an episode or two ago officially? Yeah. With in terms of Kemba being a better leader. Yeah. Like I heard that and I kind of knew it at that point, uh-huh. but hearing it like laid out to me really kind of exposed how overrated he is Kyrie yeah and, and this is why and it's almost the, like he's having a rude awakening this year he is and I think it was like one of our first podcasts I explained why there's point guards and there's people who play point guard Kyrie is not a point guard nope. by any means nope he just happens to bring the ball up court He's not a point guard, man. There's no way. Point guards do not lack such leadership, lack such um, ethics, such trust in their players. Kyrie has not nothing, none of that. Um, but he's a heck of a player, man. He's a heck of a player that plays point guard. But he, he's not. He's not a point guard. People need to see that. I think. Like I, t- I texted it to you. If Kyrie was in like a Monte Ellis and Brandon Jennings two guard, two point guard kind of um offense, he probably would be more successful. If he was like I can um, believe that. If he was in like a McCollum and Lillard situation, I don't know who who could be the other guy, um, off the top of my head, but I think they would have like a better, you know, a better thing than. Him by himself out there, it's not good. Because when Monte and Brandon did it, it was like a, all right, your turn, okay, my turn, that kind of thing, and they were and winning Milwaukee games. Milwaukee wasn't good. No, they weren't, but they made it to the playoffs with those guys. Right. I mean, Kyrie might not make the playoffs this year, man. Dude, I told you, I told you, he does not get a pass if he does not make the playoffs with this Brooklyn team. He has been exposed as a fraudulent top-tier point guard. Yeah. I remember, I think it was like two years ago, Slam came out with the top 100 best basketball players ever, and Kyrie was already on there. I'm like, I was like, get Kyrie off this list. He's getting top exposed. 100 ever? Get him off the list. There's no way. I can name 20 point guards. Darren Williams, the Nets would probably be undefeated if prime Darren Williams was on the team right now. Jazz Darren Williams? Absolutely. Undefeated. <laughs> it's easy. Put any of the elite prime point guards. Yeah. Seriously. Even Ron- when Rondo was in his prime, like when they all abandoned him in Boston, yeah. and he was like the man on the team, oh, he'd be killing this Nets team. He'd be so fire. Absolutely. Anyway. Um, all right. I'm going to play a gem. Uh, this is from Koji Radical. I listened to his um, album. It came out. I think it came out like. Oh, it came out in September. I'm late on it. But um, I saw him singing something. And like a, a music video popped up on my feed or whatever. I heard and I liked it. So, um, this is uh, Koji Radical, Can't Go Back. Frequent flyer miles, got my demons playing catch. 
First class, do rag matching my leather. Pride matching my get up. ACW, my sweater. Then in my pet together, black owned. I spend it better than most. A lion don't leave the jungle by choice. And when it was time to speak up, you was losing your voice. Proving your noise only came from empty barrels. Annoys me if I'm honest. So many did it for clout until they got it. Can we be honest? Really be honest when caught a public opinion. Keep people fearing their judgment. What's really keeping you from it? Really keeping you from it. You speak, you say you want it for real. Then why you? Running for real. You say you stress, man, I was stressed too. You say you next, man, I was next to. I know the wrongs that you said yes to. Deep in depression, I was dead too. I can't go back. Feeling like I wanna die. Feeling like I'll never fly. Talk about some music. Good music weekend. It was. It was indeed. Sleeper yep. good. Uh, let's get right into the big one. Tory Lane's Chicks, Chicks Tape, Tape 5. 5, yes. Whew. Tory, man. Is there anything Tory can't do? I'm starting to think not. <laughs> I mean Real quick Which song Was your favorite song Like original song Which song that he sampled Was your favorite on this album Not his song But the original one Man mm. So Thoughts was that original? Thoughts, thoughts. That, that's um, Wayne. you, you by uh, it sounded yeah. something familiar. 
Yeah. You by Lloyd. I mean, it's a major I, move right here, baby. Is this? You gotta get with it to get lost. Understand? Yeah. This young Lloyd. You remember that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, him and Chris Brown, I mean, obviously we're flawless together. Yeah. I mean, that was pretty pretty easy. Yeah. That was a layup. Uh, yeah. I love the trade more than anything, though. Yes. So good. That, it's so slept on. Like, people are... I feel like people who I've seen posting songs from the album and people have been talking about it. It's all Jerry Sprunger. Yes, yeah, that... I, I've song. seen a I lot of... It. I've seen a lot of the takes... Because my age group, um, well, our age group, Take You Down, was big, eighth grade, you know. For me, I remember Take You Down was like the song from uh, Chris at that time. But, um, yeah, man, the trade is such a be- it's such a perfect intro, too. The power hits you and the change up. Oh, man. It was really, it was really, really, really good. I was really, impressed, really man. I- I honestly, I wasn't really a Chicks Tape fan coming into this one. Yeah, you told me new, you like New Toronto better, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was more of like the rapper fan of his. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought, I thought the, I didn't hear one. I heard two, three, and four. And I thought he, he didn't really, he hadn't found like, like a comfortable pocket for, for the Chicks Tape music. Yeah. Which I, which made me enjoy the fact that it was coming out in a mixtape series. Right. Uh, but with this one, it, it, now with the you know streaming the way it is, this kind of came out as an album. Uh, yeah. But this feels a lot more like an album. Yeah, it does. A lot more organized, I think. Uh, I think just he sounds good throughout it. Yeah, he does. He shows the versatility, which he's just been, I mean, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I mean I just loved everything about this this project. <sighs> yeah, man. I mean, the way he has these guys who I don't want to I don't want to say they're washed, but they're irrelevant. And how he finds chemistry with guys who aren't even like really making music. Once I don't remember last time I heard like a a legit ludicrous song. Not that it's been like a long time, but he hasn't had a lot of hits in years. Um, I mean, Ashanti, Trey Songs has been down. Mario's been kind of down. I mean, Mario had a good album last year, but he hasn't had a lot of he hasn't had a lot of hits either. Um, you know, Fab kind of comes in and out. I mean, and Jagged Edge caught me off guard with that one. <laughs> Yeah, Jermaine Dupree. Ludacris caught me off guard coming in there giving us an X-rated verse. I like it. Ludacris does those so well. Dude, the fact that he he belongs on every chick's tape from here on out. Yeah, he does. Don't ever make a chick's tape again without him. Yeah, his descriptions are definitely, they're really fire. They're graphic, but they're really fire. Yeah. Um... I don't know. I don't, oh, the Dream is another one who hasn't had a hit. I can't remember the last hit by the Dream, but they sounded nice together. Is there any songs you didn't like on here? Like that you hated? Uh, I thought the the Dream track kind of dragged on a little bit. I mean, it's like two and one. 
Yeah, I but, agree. Uh, I didn't really like either of them. Like, not, I didn't hate them, but it just six, almost seven minutes. I mean, coming back to the album, I was skipping it pretty much every time. Yeah, I wish he separated those, like, and then had them on two totally different ends of the. Yeah, and, and there was album. there was a little bit too much of the like the females like setting like stories up kind of thing. Yeah, the skits. Yeah, but I'm not yeah. mad at it because that's kind of uh-huh. chick's tape has always been kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not too upset at that. Mm-hmm. Anything else? No, man. Just the dream? Just, dude, Tory Lanez, man, I cannot wait to see what he does next. I know, man. He He's gets, one of those guys that I will just always want music he from. He gets better and better, like, with just time. And he... And for some reason, he's still underrated, I feel like. And maybe because a lot of his music isn't, like, radio music. So, which I get. He's a guy who makes he makes projects. You almost have to listen to his projects to really understand, really get the feel of him. Yeah. Or really appreciate him, I, say, I should say. Because um, he's not a hit maker. He's not a, you know, let me go in the studio with so-and-so. Like... I would say Post Malone is kind of a hit maker. Um, he makes good albums too, but he he'll put something on the radio. Right. And Tory doesn't do that, and I think he it sucks because people miss out on a lot of his good music because he doesn't do that. Yeah, a lot of people hate on him too because he's kind of whack. Yeah. Like outside of music, which to, you know, I mean, if you can't separate the two, that's fair. Uh, yeah, it is. But- yeah. Uh, I mean, to me, to me, I focus on the music. Yeah, I don't think he, and he doesn't do nearly as much as. Oh no! I mean, he's you know, just other hockey, people really. He is That's really yeah. all it is. And the thing is, if you if people who say he's cocky, they really listen to the music, they'd hear why. Right. I mean, he kills it every time. Um. Yeah, I, mean, I don't even know where to start really about that on the album. I think. Can't help but can't help but wait by Trey Songs yeah. was probably my original favorite, so th- it really hit me on here. Not it's probably not my favorite because I think the trade is probably my favorite, and then the Ludacris one was up there, um, but that still waiting and thoughts both of those I love those, I love those for sure. Um, the cry was nice too. I don't know, man. This is really, really Snoop good. Snoop Dogg was a nice touch in there, too. He was, yeah. You know, I thought, I mean, I don't know if it was just my version or if I just, the volume I had it on, but he was kind of like mixed poorly. He was almost too quiet. Yeah. No, that was. The beat was overpowering him and you could barely hear what he was saying. Yeah, that was legit. Uh, but it sounded good. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Which, which kind of set me up to be more excited about the features because once he came in with the trade i was like whoa and then i knew sprunger was a hit and then snoop dog comes in and, and like fits well i'm like whoa th- he's gonna be working well with all these people yeah and that's, his... that's what he didn't really have in the past no he didn't especially no. early on and he's really not making a lot of money from this album obviously right paying for features and paying for the beats he his flow and cadence catch is masterful on here. Like he has, 
he finds like this little thing that is so catchy in each song. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like one part of every song that I remember. And it, it gets stuck in my head. It's like the part that makes you want to sing along. He's so good at it. I mean, I don't know what else to say. It's a great album. Yeah, man. Chick State 5. Definitely go check it out Please if you haven't heard it. sleeping on Tory Lanez. Do yourself Please. a favor. Just go through his catalog, man. I mean, he really doesn't have any trash in his catalog. It's, I mean, and he has something for everybody. Right. Anyone who really likes hip-hop or just likes music, he hits you somewhere. Um. Okay, what's next? Uh, what was the one you listened to that you played the gem? Uh, Koji Radical. His uh, the name of the album is Cashmere Tears. Um, I I'm not sure where he is from. Oh, East London. He's from East London. He's from Ghana originally. Um, yeah, man. It it has this. He has a band, which you know is rare now. So rappers with bands they have different beats you know the beats really sound like a song like the one i just played had a little saxophone in it the drums are real drums so it ha- it brings this different kind of power to the music you know what i mean yeah. um and yeah man i i enjoyed the whole project it starts off really 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 good then it kind of it trails off a little bit but um How many i listened to it. Is it it's only 10 oh, okay and they're, most of them are short. Like, the one I just played was only yeah. 2 minutes and 45 seconds. So, um, yeah, man, it's a quick listen. I think it's his first full album. Um, or at least it is in, in a long time. Uh, yeah, man, it's good. I would definitely recommend it. Definitely to just check it out. You may not love it, but... You'll find a song you like. Anyone can find a song they like on there. Okay. The music is just really, really high quality music. The band is a high quality band. So, yeah. What's next? Uh, I listen to Rocky Fresh. Yes, Rocky. Whatever hole he was hiding in, <laughs> he has been MIA for so long. Yeah, uh, I swear he listened to the podcast because I said something about him a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we did say something about. Him. What were we talking we about? We're talking about the MMG guys and how oh, okay. a lot of them like felt completely fell off. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. he fit. He fit in that list at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's. I mean, it's been so long since I listened to him. I three He's four years at least. Singles every once in a while. Yeah, he's had like tr- songs here and there, but I I really haven't listened to him at all in three or four years. Yeah. Uh, so I I had no expectations. I was excited for what I was gonna hear. Uh, and I loved this album. You love it? I loved it. Okay. I think cool. uh, it's twelve tracks. It goes through nice and quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, the production here is really good. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, because he's on a different label, so he's clearly had some like career turmoil, or just a move. Maybe I don't know if it's turmoil, but I assume mm-hmm. that because he's been gone for so long. Yeah. Uh, but this, he sounded a lot different on this album. He sounded a lot clearer. Uh, 
his lyrics all were, you know, easy to understand, easy to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had some surprisingly good lines, good verses. He just does a good job throughout. Okay. But one thing cool. I'll say in terms of maybe a neg- negative is it's kind of an even-keeled album. Like, it doesn't have, like, highs and lows. Uh-huh. It's kind of in, it's one in, a, note. in a similar sound from majority of the album. Okay. Uh, so maybe in that, it doesn't have a, too much replay value, I think. Uh, oh, but okay. I definitely would recommend listening to this once or twice. You got some good features, Chris, Yeah, Aaron all the Ray. features are awesome. Uh, Tory Lane sneaks in on Too Late. He's not on okay. the official listing, but he he kills it. Oh, okay, I mean, cool. He literally, it's like a, it's not even a throwaway verse from Chick's Tape. It's like one of the better verses that he saved for this track. That's wild that he's snuck in there. Yeah, it, it's crazy. And I mean, he, I was really impressed with how much he's gotten better at rapping, uh, Rocky Fresh. Oh, okay. Like, I was, I just enjoyed it, man. He's he been working. Apparently, that's what it seems like. Yeah. And okay. again, this album is easy to listen to, uh, I mean, it's enjoyable throughout. I, I really didn't have any tracks I just, like, hated. Mm. That's what, okay, cool. We talk about this all the time. Like, if, you, if you're not putting out garbage tracks, like, you can really put together a good album. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. And then, I mean, keeping it concise, right. sometimes less is more. Exactly. And we get to really appreciate them. Because that's one thing I think has been my problem with the last couple Chris Brown albums is that like, I really can't appreciate any of the songs cause there's so many I gotta listen to. Like I wish he would just release eight and let me love all eight of those for at least three months and then bring the next eight. He could release five a month for a year instead of just release an album with 70 of them on there. So yeah, I, mean, I mean, I'm sure it's a industry decision. Of course, but I respect the short albums because I I really get to hear everything, get to remember everything, and that's important to that's important to me. I think that's important to the artists, whether they know it or not. So, all right. Um, you did listen to anything else? Uh, I did listen to uh, Quinn once, Lucid. But but oh, okay. it, was, it was really like I I got a quick listen I I don't have a deep like dive on it it sounded good okay and I mean you played mushroom chocolate like early in the summer yeah and that song was on repeat for me for a while it's a great song uh, so and it's more of that man he he pops up for another feature on here it sounds good yeah I, I thought they were dating but I guess they're not. Maybe they're just really tight. I didn't even know she dropped, so I'm right at it. I'm ready. Six lack. I'm ready. Yeah. It's time. He's been doing his thing. This his feature game is yes. fire. He's a better feature artist than he is a regular artist to me. Every time I hear expectations, I might agree with you. <laughs> he got another new song with um Who was that with? Is it Jesse Reyes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. Yeah, it's good. I forgot what it's called. Imported, I think. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely check that out for next time. We can go deeper into it. Anything uh, else you heard? Yeah, I heard the Queen and Slim soundtrack, right, right. which has a 
a lot of um a lot of original stuff on there and um I gotta say it was very what what is it I'm trying to say you know there's like this new trend of like the uh like you picture like two people just laying in bed smoking weed all day listening to the music <laughs> I'm trying to think of who is that, makes is the that kind of what music this is? yeah okay that that sounds that sounds like so I would what I would want from it honestly yeah it's very vibey it's very um oh man I'm trying to think of an example of someone who makes that music though. I can't think of somebody right now. But uh it has a couple it switches up sometimes. It has some old songs on there. Uh Still Tippin is on there by Mike Jones. Meg the Stallion has the first song on there, but everything between Meg the Stallion and Still Tippin is all real slow slow pace like, you know, kind of sleepy vibe songs i'll play i'll play this one so you can get a uh example of what i mean and this is a really good song but it is you know Look alive, life too short, mine is bubble the report Speaking about me and you, since they got me off the porch I've been beating black and blue Story of my life, tell me yeah, something like about you, good. where you from? Huh? I like that, that sounds good It's really good, yeah It's a good soundtrack, it's a good soundtrack It's not something I would play all all the time Maybe a couple songs off there Like, gotta be separated in the shuffle I wouldn't run through this soundtrack over and over again though um, Six Lack has a great verse on that too, by the way. Um, uh, Lauren Hill pops up with a new song. Okay. She sounds beautiful as as usual. Her voice still sounds great. Uh, it's kind of repetitive, but just hearing Lauren, I mean, you know, hearing Lauren is is a treat enough. I can't remember the last time she made a new song. Um, other than that. I mean, it, it's a good album. It's a good soundtrack. I, it's a great music weekend. Yeah, it is. A lot of the um, it's been a, big artists are out. It's been a it's it's a close, a strong close to the year so far. Big Sean, where are you? Yeah, I just need a couple more guys. Big Sean was supposed to drop October twenty eighth. Remember? Yeah, if you read it, I, dude, I stopped reading release dates uh, after Rolling Papers one. <laughs> Bryson, I think, is waiting for his new his child to be born before he drops. Lil Uzi just canceled his album. Did he? He just said he wasn't gonna put it out. I remember like a while back. I forgot to say something on here, but what's up with that? Man. Dude, why did he he like stop making? He got OD hot. You remember how hot he was when Love Is Rage Two came out? Yeah. Like everybody was bumping his his hits. Yeah. And he dropped that album, and I thought it was a good album for for what he does. Yeah. Uh, and he's just been gone ever since. He had that little two pack, right? Sanguine. Yeah, but that Sanguine. was like two tracks. Yeah. I mean, they were good, but. You know, two tracks the whole year. 
he's probably had right. more. He's probably had more like sleeper tracks that I've missed. But dude, I need an album. I'm I'm definitely interested in one. Yeah, I'm definitely interested. Hopefully, we'll get a couple more of these to close the year out. Big Sean, Big Sean has to drop before twenty nine, uh, twenty twenty. Yes. What are you doing, Big Sean? Like when um, we get into January, when like Halsey's dropping, and there's a couple other big big names that are dropping in January. I remember. I think Drake's coming. <laughs> Early in the song, early in the year again. Yeah. More yeah. life dropped in like February, right? Yeah, I'm gonna forget about Big Sean at that point. Right. So, Big Sean better not be waiting for Janae to finish her out. Scrub. He yeah, better they, not. They, be. they do be looking whack together. And this, I don't even want to talk about the song. <laughs> That's way, way too over the top for me oh, to ever right. speak about. Uh, <laughs> oh, when party. Party confirms he's yes. dropping something Friday. <clears throat> he didn't say what it is. Keep it small. I don't need a big album. Yeah. Continue to do. He always likes the small packs, five, seven tracks. Mm-hmm. That's all I need. Yeah, he's he's definitely not going to change that up. You know. And, and it's uh, been a little while, so he probably has something in the bag. Yeah, I would. I'm I sure would he assume. Does. Yeah. Um. For some reason now, like all these artists are like against the award ceremonies, like award academies now, just randomly. Um, Ari Lennox had a big issue with her not winning a Soul Train award. Gold Link is mad that Tyler the Creator um, and the Baby aren't nominated for Grammys. I guess. Uh, is Tyler the Creator getting a Grammy for? <laughs> no, I mean I, I'm pretty ask, sure I know the answer, but ask Goldlink. I don't know. It says Goldlink calls out Grammys over Tyler the Creator and the Baby Snubs. It's f Grammys till the day I die. He says. Well, we know he's not winning a Grammy <laughs> now. E- Igor, am I so out of touch? Igor is really a Grammy deserving album. <clears throat> Bro, people really think Igor is like fire. They really do. I have family members who still post songs off of it all the time. Shout out to Dylan. Maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll come back to it to close the year to really uh, strengthen my worst of the year list. <laughs> no, I, I, if I come back to it, I will like give it a fair listen to strengthen. <laughs> yeah. Did you listen to? Um, have you ever listened to Lizzo's album, start to finish? Uh, no, I don't think so. Lizzo is in so much legal trouble. It's really getting out of hand. Oh man, with this legal shit. Oh, but she's lying. I mean, first she said. Um, she didn't steal the song from Twitter. Then the writers came out and said, "Yes, you did." Then she was like, "Y'all didn't even write on the thing," and they're credited on the album. And like, what are you talking about? We were in the studio with you. And she keeps lying and making a fool out of herself. She's about to be broke. It's 
really funny watching some of these people lie on TV. Like, dude, you, you understand when you're a public figure, everything you do gets exposed. Yes, and why are you lying? You have nothing to lose by telling the truth. No one's going to stop buying her records because she said, yeah, I had some songwriters in there. Not her. I mean, she's not like, you know, Pusha T or somebody. Right. We know she wasn't writing all that stuff. So, I mean, just tell the truth. It's not. The thing is, they have so much money and their reputation is already solidified. There's no reason to keep lying. And this is like really protecting your life or your brand or something like that. I would get that. Like, you know, obviously the guy's Cuba Gooding is going to lie about feeling up the girl that we see on video. Okay, I get that. Why? If that's what you got to do. But these guys lying over trivial stuff that means nothing. And now she looks like a fool. She's like being sued for like a hundred and something million dollars. And then who's going to be writing her songs? Nobody. Because then you just be like, oh, I'm going to write your songs. You're not even going to give me credit. So what's the point? And I don't know what Goldling is talking about. Um, oh, DaBaby is nominated for Best Rap Song, but not Best Rap Album. Yeah, I figured he'd be nominated for a song or two. The album wasn't good. Goldling? I mean, the first one was. Yeah, the first one was, yeah. Yeah, it was. But, uh, a song I, he, he deserves. Let's see who got the best rap. But Tyler Creator is in best rap album. What is Gold Link talking about? Uh, whatever. Let's get into a couple movies real quick before we get out of here. Yeah. So I had a lovely weekend and got an opportunity to go see a couple movies that I wanted to see. Uh, one of them being, I'm gonna talk about uh, Doctor Sleep was one of the movies I saw. Yep. Uh, it was so I would say if you haven't seen any of the marketing or trailers, don't watch it. Uh, it sets you up for a very different movie than it is. <laughs> um, yeah. And while I think that made it better, honestly, because there's a lot more depth to it. A lot more uh, character-driven story, um, but I do it. It does kind of catch you off guard because you, mm -hmm. you don't really. If you're not a Shining fan, like if you hadn't at least seen The Shining, you're gonna be confused early on as to what's going on. Okay. So for those who don't know, this movie is a. It's not a sequel. But it's a, it's a story about a character from The Shining. Right. A kid who's on, like, the bike. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and this movie kind of starts off, like, weird. You don't really, it, it makes kind of a weird connection. But then, once it kind of opens up and it develops the characters, it gets so much better. Mm. Uh, I was, Ewan McGregor, man, it was really good. Yeah, I haven't seen him deliver a solid performance in a while. Yeah. He was due for one. And he was so, like, he was so reserved. He didn't overact. He didn't try to, Good. like, carry the, the movie because it's written very well. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and the storyline is is actually I thought was interesting. Who directed it? You know? Um, I'm not sure. It's not that important. I was just wondering. Uh, but but I thought like the cast overall does a really good job. I thought there's there's a girl who plays a huge like a child actor actor who plays a big part in the movie, and she is great. Yeah, I saw her in the trailer. Yeah, she's so yeah. likable. She she like her the humor they give her is very well delivered. Uh-huh. Uh and the villain, the uh the Mission Impossible uh, Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah, yeah. She's badass. In that movie? In this movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's she's awesome. Okay. Uh so it, it's two and a half hours is, is a bit lengthy. So you, you really gotta be like a movie fan to, to enjoy it completely. Uh, uh-huh. but I thought it went by fast. Like it didn't drag at all to me. And you said you do kind of have to see the original Shining. It's I don't. Like, yeah, do you have to yeah, remember there's, it? There's a couple things from the Shining that I didn't remember. <clears throat> yeah. That had like important ramifications in the movie. Yeah, that that's what I that's what I was really asking because I it's been a while. <laughs> if you <laughs> haven't seen, seen The Shining or don't know it at all, it's gonna be tough at first. Uh-huh. But I still think it's a you you will enjoy the movie. Okay. Okay. Now another movie I saw and pardon me for jumping on the hype train way too early. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw what will probably be my favorite movie of the year: Ford wow. versus Ferrari. It's not that early because I don't think any good movies are coming out. Well, I mean, there's some we'll decent looking we'll ones, see. but. Uh, I mean, there's a couple of contenders. Uh, I loved uh, Tarantino's Once Upon a Time. Yeah. Uh, th- I mean, I got to go back and look at some of the other movies I've seen. Yeah. But, dude, this movie is flawless. This movie is so flawless. It, it like, it makes you smile watching how good it is. <laughs> and, 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 look, I, I get that I'm, I'm kind of over-exaggerating it because I'm a huge movie fan. I like that though. And, like I, when movies are like great, like I yeah. honestly, like I walk out of the theater smiling. Especially <laughs> when it's great, start to finish, nonstop. Yeah. Like, I mean, for the casual movie fans, think about how you felt coming out of uh, Avengers: Infinity War. Right. That's how I came coming out of this movie. Okay. I mean, dude, this movie, and I'm not gonna get into any of the plot things at all. This movie's acted flawlessly. It's written flawlessly. It's paced flawlessly. The, the action scenes in this movie are flawless. Dude, I don't remember the last time watching racing scenes in this movie. I started sweating at one point. <laughs> like, bro, the, the, the racing scenes in this movie are so intense at one point. It, it started giving me anxiety. That's fire. This one, dude, I cannot rave enough about this movie. This, like, James Mangold coming off of Logan directed this one. Yeah. And, I mean, if, Log- if Logan didn't have you sold on how good of a director he was, please go see this movie. Dude, don't, don't waste your money on Charlie's Angels 
or or knives out or whatever else is whatever other nonsense is coming out i do kind of want to see knives out <laughs> the cast does look sick but uh, yeah dude, this movie is so good matt damon has not been this good in years and we dogged matt damon yes. one episode i swear he watched the fucking episode <laughs> Dude, he is he so must have. flawless in this movie. Like, Christian Bale, you know, is great. Like, you know he is. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's never yeah. been bad. But right. But Matt Damon, he carries this movie. Like, he's kind of the main character, and he does an incredible job. I mean, John Bernthal is in this movie a little bit. He's awesome. Uh, Josh Lucas? When was the last time you've seen Josh Lucas? Glory Road? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I haven't seen him in anything since he coached in Glory Road. <laughs> he was great in there. He was Oscar worthy. Yeah. Was like a, he was like a childhood hero for me watching that movie. Me too. Yeah. And he's, he's <laughs> awesome in this movie, man. Uh, the guy who plays uh, Henry Ford II, uh, I don't know his name, but you've probably seen him in the trailers. He's really mm-hmm. funny. This movie is like the perfect blend of emotions. Like it makes you laugh, it makes you sad, it makes you concerned, it makes you kind of like stressed out and pissed off. It just has everything. I know it has to marinate, but at this moment, do you like it better than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? At this moment, no, but I think I think this movie has a lot more replay value than Once Upon a Time. Okay, why don't you like it more then? I think uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was just so different from everything else. Oh, okay. Like, it's just I such a, like, like, this movie isn't, it's not the most original movie in, like, in terms of the idea. Right. Like, I think it's it's handled flawlessly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where good directing comes in. Right. Uh, and just, but yeah, man, I think, I think in, in a couple months when we come back to, or like a month when we come back to making our movie lists. Yeah. Like, pull, I'll put my life on the line. This movie makes the list. There's no there's no 10 movies in any year better than this movie. Okay. Please go That's see fire. it. Please, please support this movie. This movie made like $30 million opening weekend. You're paying, you're paying billions of dollars to go see Joker, but you can't afford to go see Greatness? <laughs> come on come on movie yeah. come on movie fans yeah I'm, yeah go man. see it in theaters too for the racing scenes alone okay I mean, these racing scenes are od that's fire i'm glad i'm glad it's good when i first saw the trailer remember i sent it to you like right. i deemed it to you very first day it came yeah. out i'm like yo this looks like it's gonna be really good yeah, i saw it I, I don't remember what movie i was watching but the trailer came on in theaters, and I was like, dude, I gotta see that. Yeah. Da- yeah. Damon and Bale, the chemistry is is so easy. It's easy? So easy. They look like they've done a whole franchise together already. Bale has that effect, I think. More than Damon, at least. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. Damon, like, literally, the, the stuff we criticize them for, taking mediocre roles... Being kind of like a normal guy, not really having to act. Yeah. Uh, dude, this movie, he gives you everything. Okay, cool. All like 
Finally. All of his best, too. Finally. Alright, cool. Um, I'm going to play your gym, and then we'll come back and close it out. Right? Yep. Uh, this is What's Going On by Dave East and Fab. Great album. We talked about it last time. If you haven't heard it yet and you like hip-hop, you got to listen to Dave East's album, man. You have to. One of the best duo tracks of the year. Oh, for sure. This is the this is. I won't say the only one, but this is on repeat the most out of everything on this album for me too. Yeah, come I'm glad you picked so, it. At first, it wasn't, but coming back to it a couple more times, it definitely is. Yeah, for sure. All right. Yo, you know that bitch. Come on, son. You know I know this bitch. You know that bitch. We used to see at the store every morning, the two four. Aggressive. Exactly. I used to fuck her sister, but you ain't know that, though. We gonna do tellies upstairs with Jenny. Upstairs with Christian Dior, probably my sin. Five percent tent, that money dirty, gotta get rinsed. I'm probably in Philly, Auntie Block, high eating fish. Down in my wrist, better than the block pumping, trying to get rent. Not in my circle, then you trying to get spent. You're trying to get rich. Pull up knocking Gladys on niggas. The way we living might embarrass you niggas. Might fade the black on you niggas. Depressed faces, they sad, mad I actually did it. The only doubt I went and tatted my neck. Pinky ringing. Me and four ladies at brunch got attitudes like they came on the bus. Can't make this up. Cigar smoke lingering. This gun on me large, it's not medium. Just got off them papers, he smoking weed again. Like they was calling me broke. Catch a shot over that nautica boat. I'm a wolf, never call me the goat. They all wanna know. I move weight, never try lifting. Never leave it, gotta ride with him. You nosy niggas probably try sniffing. Real tissue, the bros will wipe your nose. Making friends with the money, expose all type of foes. I be super fly, these hoes just wipe my clothes. She's an easy target, you post the sniper nose in the rows doing 60, bumping that Nipsey. Shorty with me, kinda tiny, when drinking she tipsy. Always think she knows something, be calling a gypsy. Told her, believe it or not, she calling me Ripley. Aliens, get ahead out of this world. Took you to the Prada store, cause I'm proud of you, girl. Bet you don't know, probably cause it's too slept on. Just that dope that make the block get they two step on. You'll catch on. Great song, man. That might be 
Fab's verse might be one of the verses of the year for me. I have no problem with that. He bodied it. <clears throat> They're an OG right. together. Yeah, they are. Yep. The New York connection, man, it hits a lot of times. When two New Yorkers get on the same song with the same kind of... Not, not, uh, enough, not enough New York rap out right now. Yeah, there isn't. In, the New York rap that is out isn't very versatile. Like, there's the, I think, Griselda guys, they're called, Conway and Benny, like, the real hard guys, but, like, oh, you know, you ben, can't listen to that all Benny the time. Oh, Benny the Butcher? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, my friend listens to him. Yeah, I can't listen to that all the time, yeah, I got you. you know? I can hear one song, cool, you know, but some of the not, Some of the New York guys don't, like, represent New York. And yeah, that's, they not, don't. that's maybe just like their music is like a boogie. I don't feel New York when I listen to a boogie. Yeah, or Takashi, which is not a bad thing. Like, no, it's not. Car- it, Cardi well, B, I is, feel it. It, it, it. You said who? Cardi B, I feel it. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. The thing is, a lot of them, a lot of the New York artists, in order for them to really reach a different level of artistry. In versatility, they have to, you know, disclaim New York in a way. Because think about, think about the ones who actually have tried to keep New York onto them forever. I mean, Jay Z is a special case. Fifty didn't work. Um, Nas, I, I don't know what happened to Nas. It's hard to pinpoint why he just <laughs> fell off. Uh, the rest of them, you know, it comes and goes. Right. But the ones who let it go, like A Boogie, he is more than just a New York rapper. He's like a artist, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was thinking, uh, seeing Fab pop up all over the place. Yo, yeah. man, industry, stop putting Gunna and Lil Baby on every track or every album. There's so <laughs> many better artists available. Is. Can you imagine? Like, Loso is somebody I'd want on every album. For sure. As a feature verse? Are you kidding? Absolutely. For like, sure. Tory Lanez to me, I could, I could, I need Tory Lanez on every album. Yeah. Just a little piece. Yeah, Re- regardless of what he does. And I, I know I'm like, I'm obviously I'm kidding because it's a lot of it is timing and just how much these guys want to work. Yeah. But. I just hate it. Gunna, I'm, Gunna on every album. I'm sick of it. I can't take it anymore. I <laughs> you really can't, dude. If he pops up on Big Sean's album, I'm skipping the song. You know he's gonna be on Drake's album. <laughs> yeah, for, for <laughs> sure. I can feel it. For sure. And please, Rihanna, I don't need any features except for Drake. I don't need anyone else. No one. Just you. Yeah, maybe Bryson. I wouldn't mind Bryson. Maybe. Maybe Tori. But that's that's I'm I'm reaching for both of those. I haven't her and Tori haven't done anything. So I I won't say Tori unless I until I hear it and I know it's gonna be good. I know her and Bryson would be good because you know Wild Thoughts is a classic. But her and Drake are still flawless. I mean flawless. Every song they have has been like a number that one. That was the only of all the women he's been rumored with. That was the yeah. only one I wanted to be true. 
<laughs> you don't like him and Serena? Hell no. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. And the thing is, I gotta say, it, man, when two artists are like really intimate with each other, their music sounds so much better. Facts. <laughs> it sounds so much Facts. better, man. Every time. You and you can tell, like, I don't, I don't need to get into like specifics, but we know, we know the couple's songs. They're always fire. It's the different chemistry because they're, a lot of times they're telling the truth, unless you're Big Sean. <laughs> <laughs> but most of the time they're telling the truth, and they, you know, they get real deep. Right. You know. Uh. But yeah, man, uh, Rihanna. I don't need. I've waited too long to hear a bunch of other people, though. You know, right? I don't want to hear SZA. I would like no. Rihanna before the year ends. She said, "Well, somebody said it's coming in the, in December, I think." All these mofo's are lying. I, <laughs> I don't know. trust a single one of them. <laughs> I need Bryson, Party, Big Sean, Rihanna. In Drake before February. Yeah, you're not getting you're not getting that. <laughs> I hope I'm I'm keeping my fingers crossed you get a couple. But you're not I you're think, not going hundred percent with that. I, I'm speculating on this, but because I did see Bryson's girlfriend is pregnant or wife, I'm not I'm not sure. Um but bef- because of that, I would assume he's waiting to like not go on not have to tour you know because yeah. his album has has to have been done there's no way he's still working on this album but i would think you know maybe he's waiting he don't want to release the album and have to go on tour right away yeah. with a newborn at home so i understand why bryce is taking a long time and i'm cool with it you know do you think handle that first but big sean you have no excuse no excuse. Ex- just expectations will be high, Big Sean. You did it to yourself. Yeah, just because you and Janae or you know whatever the heck y'all got going on needs to stop, and you need to release some good music. On good music, <laughs> please. At least, um, at least another single, where you, you know. Sing, I don't under I don't like the mixed messages they give off. It's starting to get kind of corny to me. Them as a couple. Yeah. I'm triggered. I'm single again. You know, we're having sex all day long. What is it? Which one is it? I hate you. You know. Yeah, it's whatever. All right. Yeah, I'm getting out of here. Um. You want throwback? Throwback Luda, throwback Trey. Go Ludacris. All right. Nah, go Trey songs. I'll get Ludacris uh, next episode. <laughs> All right. I'm. I gotta play. Can't help but wait, man. Since Tori killed it. Classic. Um, we'll be back. Episode eighty-two coming soon. Uh, definitely listen to the albums we talked about. It was a good music week. I didn't hear anything bad this weekend. And um, 
Yeah. And hit those movies. Hey, Ford versus Ferrari, please. Yes. We'll see you guys next time. Position that you catch what you've been missing.